As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Thanks for downloading the Sunranto Show. This show is chock full of advertising that you're about to really dislike. And uh, I dislike doing it, but do you know how that you can help me not do it and you not have to listen to it? Well, what you do, see, is you go to patreon.com slash sunranto and you sign up for a dollar a month and you get uh, the show early, completely ad-free, and you're part of a greater community. You get to join the Sunranto Super Ranters. Uh, why uh, you, you get uh, all the music at certain levels uh, early and uh, and in a high quality musical file. It's just awesome. So Patreon.com/Sunranto. It's a dollar a month. Of course, you can give more. Uh, you know, tickets and beer. That's what it's all going to go to. Uh, mark my words. You're going to regret not supporting us at patreon.com slash sunranto. Come on, folks. Join us. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old self years out at the game. Let's go, Covey Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the love of a loser. Sunranto with Michael Sunranto and Crawley Sunranto and the love of a loser Sunranto Michael, Michael, let's listen to those uh, rested uh, lungs and vocal cords just uh, scratching together after a, a long night of not sleeping, watching the presidential election come down to these final few states. Uh, but we don't want to talk about that real quick. Hi, I'm Danny Rocket. Uh, and uh, over to my uh, left up on the screen is Crawley. Below me, of course, is Michael Cotton. But uh I want to welcome a very special guest we've asked to come on the show today. Got a little intro for him. It's full count. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Tommy, 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 Tommy. Full count, Tommy. On the show I love today. it. Welcome. I, you know, I've gotten a lot of mileage out of that YouTube channel of the guy that just sings your name over and over again. And it really, <laughs> I can welcome every, every guest. Uh, so easily with that. So, and, and no, we, the best, Danny, the best part about it is I'm sitting here and you had the picture of him eating the Mickey Mouse bar. And I think like half the tweets that we got when we announced Tommy was coming on were about, is he going to talk politics or is he going to talk about Disney foodies choices? So, well, I mean, it is the same, right? <laughs> it is Cubs related in some ways. Like if I, if I move to the side, you see even the Cubs have gotten into the act, you know, they, they ended racism this summer. Now they're ending voting. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, so Tommy, uh, how are you doing? Uh, and, uh, how was your night last night? Have, how many hours of sleep are you on? Did you stay up late and watch Trump's speech in the middle of the night? Like, how's it going? It, I'm good, man. Uh, actually got to bed a little early yesterday. I was in bed at like 1130, stopped the doom scrolling, uh, ended up getting a little too drunk. So I had to cut myself off and just, 
finally go to bed. Uh, so I missed the the fireworks from Trump late late oh, night. Oh man, I am not drinking. I am no drink November. Uh, you know, clearing it clearing it all out from some some rough uh, summertime stuff, and it was a bad fucking idea. <laughs> I, I'm, making, I'm making up for Michael. Don't worry, but I won't be like this tonight, Tommy. This was how much are we going to miss this, dude? Um, I know. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, it's a picture of Tommy and I, and I think Tommy's holding me up to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's at Livesey McNeil's Friday at Cubs Con. No Cubs Con this year. What a bummer. Yeah, that was early in the night too. <laughs> I, I started at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, in the morning, you know that there's only one way to be able to camp out in front of the uh, convention hall doors, and that's with a case of Bud Light. So, uh, so Tommy, we wanted to have you on the show because you've made and you tweeted it out to everybody. You've made a Cubs off-season targets uh, spreadsheet. And I actually want to share that in the in the chat here. Um, but uh, I found it uh, fascinating, A, because you had no pitchers on it. Now, I don't know if you've got another secret spreadsheet, but you've only targeted hitters. So I want to ask you, first and foremost, like who or why a – why did you do you make spreadsheets <laughs> like what what's you know are, are, why are you so crazy that, that you that you don't get paid and yet you know we're, we're going to use all your great information uh to but no but why what, what and why are there no pitchers on it and uh, also like what do you see as the cubs biggest needs this offseason yeah i mean the easy reason for why i did it is i'm just a massive nerd so it's, <laughs> it really doesn't go beyond that um as far as no pitchers, it was totally, it's easier to, to gather some of the stats that I wanted to get gather for hitters. So I just stuck to hitters on this one. There's definitely a, a decent sized list of pitchers and I can talk about those tonight too. Um, you know, just guys that I'd like to see them go after. Tommy, you know, the, you know, part of the reason that we wanted you to come on is yeah, your knowledge here. And this is a tweet that you put up here and you, you know, we were all excited to have you on because we love following your stuff here. It says wonder if, since we know how short-sighted many of the owners think, a lot of these owners just don't care about fielding a competitive team at all at 2021. They know they won't have full or any attendance. So they don't have to worry about the impact there. Do you think that's the direction the Ricketts are going? You know, I think they're going to, with the TV network, I think they're going to at least try to put a somewhat competitive team out there. Um, I don't think they're going to punt this year, but I do think there's going to be pretty drastic cuts in payroll, um, potentially even more than than we've seen people discuss. Um, I think a lot of people have discussed, you know, maybe they'll, They'll take a slight step back and not move any payroll off, but I think we might see them cut payroll that we that they have on there now. And who would who would that be? I mean, I mean I think, would that be through yeah. trade or or like something crazy like, hey, we're not going to offer Brian a contract in the last year of a situation, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah I mean, it's been the big talk, non-tender Bryant, right? That's yeah, the I way think, to go. I think it'd be nuts. I mean, that's that's the way to get to move payroll, and I think they could trade Bryant. Um, Either a trade or a non-tender of Schwarber, I think, is in play. Um, and then the the one that I would have thought was pretty obvious until the the whole Brad Hand situation um, was that they would try to trade Craig Kimber on some of the money that he's owed since he had such a great end to the season. Right, which well, made sense until nobody picked up the Brad Hand at ten million. Right. Which yeah. I mean, you could still potentially see something where the Cubs would maybe eat about half of that and take very little in return and still be able to move like eight or 9 million off the books. But that idea definitely the, took a hit once the bread, but then, but then they clearly have to drop somebody else along with him. I think so. Yeah. 
But and then the thing is, you got to also think that every single major league team is in the same boat, and they're all going to be trying to dump payroll on each other. Um, and I don't know if if you're a small market team not making money or a big market team not making any money. Like, what is the difference? You're all not making any money. It's all biblical losses, as Tom Ricketts would say. And you know, so you know, you're just kind of wondering, like. There's certain things like, you know, arbitration is going to bite the Cubs this year. So, I mean, so you're thinking a non-tender of Schwarber possibly. And then, so that's what, $7 million off the books. But then do you, you know, then you pick up what, a Marcus Stroman? Or like, I mean, how does that work, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think even if even if you move a guy like Schwarber, I think they're going to be out on that Stroman level. Even like the, the DJ LeMayhew, Michael Brantley level of guys. Um and I think they're going to be in the bottom of the market, like maybe the three to seven million dollar a year guys. Um, you know, a couple of the ones. I think there's a couple spots that they can add in left field is is one if they do move Schwarber. Um, second base is obviously the big open spot. I think Nico Horder probably starts in Iowa this year just to give him some more development time. Um, and then if there is a DH, that's the other spot where they could potentially add. Um, so there's a couple guys, Robbie Grossman. Um, DH is an outfielder uh, from Oakland who had a really good year, really good defender, uh, high contact guy, gets on base a ton, has a little bit of sneaky pop. I think he's he may only get a couple million bucks for one year, so I think he's an option. Um, but yeah, I think they're just they're not going to be in anywhere near the middle or the top of the market, I don't think. So, so Tommy, you know, one of the, the things that obviously we know about the offense is you need guys that can actually make contact with the baseball. And that's where an old name from the past keeps kind of kicking up where Tommy Lastella, we saw him, you know, head out to, what do you go to the uh, angels and then to Oakland for a little bit here this last season. And everyone just loves the guy. Uh, what do you see about a possibility of Tommy Lastella coming back to Chicago? I mean, I think it's kind of a perfect fit. The only thing that would kind of leave it to chance is that he doesn't hit lefties super well. And that's kind of one of the things the Cubs really need. Um, but in terms of like a high contact bat, he's the power kind of developed a little bit once he left the Cubs. A little uh, so he's bit. Got, he's, yeah. got, he's got a little more pop there. Crazy um, half season, you know, before he broke yeah. his leg. That was insane. I don't know what the hell happened there. Yeah, that was nuts. It kind of came back to earth a little bit uh, this, this past year, but it was juice ball year too. Like, you know, yeah. there was that going. It, it's definitely it's a perfect fit. And I think it's probably, he's probably at about the top of the budget of what they'd be looking to spend on guys. Um, but, but where's he going to play in the field? Like, yeah, I, I mean, mean he, I think what you do is you put him at second base. If there's no DH, if there is a DH, I think you could plug him right in at DH and it'd be a great fit. Um, I hate you, that you keep saying the word DH. Like just, can you stop? Can you, know, you, can you I, so, call it something else? Anything else? Uh, <laughs> just say extra player because I'm having a rough day. Uh, now, one of our Facebook users says, what is this make contact devil magic you speak of? And so that just kind of goes, you know, obviously to the saying, and that's what I kind of liked about your spreadsheet too, is that you you put the contact rate because that's just such, I mean, just the amount of times that they struck out was just unreal. And, and you know, you talk about those bases loaded one out situations or guys at second and third and, and, and they can't get a run in or something. It just drives you nuts. Yeah, no, and I totally agree with you. When I see Tommy Listella, he seems like the perfect fit already knows the guys they they like him so much they let him take mid-season vacations and you know and it's like but second base then what are you going to do with nico horner he's not well, costing minor. You, right minor leagues but he's not costing you anything and listella is 
not going to be happy to come back to the Cubs and be platooning. I don't yeah, think, I, mean, I, think I don't think he signs that contract. Yeah, I, mean, I think Lestella Stella gets the majority. Um, I think you can slightly platoon him. I know people aren't going to like the name, but uh, Ildemaro Vargas, the guy they brought in late last year. I actually, love that it, guy's name. That guy has the best name in the Cubs organization. <laughs> he does have a great name. <laughs> Ildemaro, I don't even know one guy except for him named that. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, he hits lefties well. So I think he'd be, he'd be a good partner with Lestella at second base. Um, and I think it's a good fit there. And then you can kind of let Nico go along at his own pace. You can let him get every day at bats in Iowa instead of giving him a short side platoon job up in Chicago. How about a guy and you got him on your list, Eric Sogard, you know, how about somebody like him? Also high contact bat. We saw him with the Brewers a whole lot, you know, thorn in the side kind of dude in that way. What's your opinion on him? Yeah, I mean, I really hope that that's not the level of guy that that they have to go <laughs> after. That's um, lower than a Listella. Yeah, I mean, I think Sogard's a, a minor league deal type of guy. He's not going to get a guaranteed contract with anybody. Um, he had a huge year in 2019. Uh, he kind of changed his swing, became one of the flyball revolution guys. But if you look really deep into it, like the quality of contact stuff was not good, his exit velocity and that kind of stuff. And he seemed to hit a lot of wall scraping home runs. So it seemed like there was kind of a fluke in terms of the home runs that he hit. And you saw it this year with Milwaukee. He was just not good at all. Um, puts together a good at bat, but just doesn't make any hard contact whatsoever. Yeah. Well, football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff and the wait is over. Well, you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. So head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. And and the Cubs picked up a guy. We were going to talk about him a little bit later in the show, but I might as well talk about him now because Max Schrock of the Cardinals came over on a, just a waiver deal, right? I think. Yeah. And uh, you know, it similar kind of situation. Not a lot of pop. High contact bat. Well, he was until he went over to the Cardinals. He was much better at that when he was in the A's organization. Yeah. I'm, this guy's a Dan Kantrovich special. A, a Dan can a Dan can man, if you will. And, uh, you know, and so I, I don't really see him. I mean, he might not even stay on the 40 man for all we know. You know what I mean? Right. But he's another left-handed batter. It seems like Tommy Listella light in a way, or somebody who could be that organizational guy, maybe with the defensive skills of a Ben Zobrist, second base, third base, corner outfield spots. I mean, do you see them going that cheap and being like, Hey, we're going to give the Schrock guy a, a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think if they end up going to that level, they'll probably just bring in, like, potentially bring back Jason Kipnis. Um, I think he's another guy who's probably also like looking at a minor league deal again. Um, he's just getting out over at Northbrook right now, I think. Yep. I mean, <laughs> another option, too, um, if they're going on the low end, you can make a trade for the Pirates have Adam Frazier. He's that same kind of hitter. Um, okay. And you could probably, probably get him pretty cheap since he had a really bad year. So that's another guy you could potentially look to. Michael, did you have a question? Well, I was going to say, I mean, we're talking a lot about second baseman. And uh, I don't know, what are the outfielders? Who are you looking at in the outfield? Because I feel like if they're going to add a bat, 
I mean, yes, you you can definitely drop Nico down and bring a guy in there. It's not a super need, I guess. So I was looking at outfielders. I was thinking outfield is a spot. I I don't think Schwarber makes it through the winter, which it's is fair. Yeah. which is where I'm. I guess that's where I'm starting at, which makes me think they then need an outfielder. Yeah, uh, who are feel, you looking at? Yeah, who do you who do you think for outfield and? Would you move Hap out of center? I think is the second part of that question. Move him to like left. Right. It's yeah, going to be because yeah. I was kind of looking at uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. a little bit. Hasn't had a few good years, but this year he was good when others weren't and actually hit pretty well. And he's a center fielder. You move Hap over to left. It, those are that's kind of what I was thinking. Then I didn't see him on your list, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually like Bradley Jr. a lot. He's a really good player, great defender. Um, the one, the reason he's not on my list, and the reason I don't think the Cubs will necessarily go after him is he's not really a contact guy. Um, he's always been in like the high 60s, low 70s in terms of contact percentage. So he's not really necessarily a great fit for what they're trying to do. Right. But um, but I felt like this year he changed that a little bit. He had more hits than he had strikeouts and he had more hits than uh anybody. Not a single player on the Cubs had as many hits. And so it was like that that's why I was thinking maybe something has changed there to where he's more of a fit now because yeah, over the last few years he was a high strikeout swing and miss power guy right well, well who would you do who would you do and would you do it via trade or would you do it via uh the free agency and who would be your your kind of dream candidate who would be your dream candidate and who's your realistic candidate yeah i mean so i mean dream candidate is michael brantley i think he's just a perfect fit for what they're trying to do he's like a mid 90 percent contact guy one of the league leaders every year but i just think he's going to make too much money for what i think he's going to get probably two years probably 15 million or so a year um, so I think the Cubs just don't have a shot to get in there. There's, I mentioned Robbie Grossman earlier. He's kind of a realistic target. Um, Yerickson Profar from San Diego is a pretty good fit. He's only going to be 27, I believe. So he's still pretty young. Um, and he had a pretty decent breakout year for the Padres this year and played a bunch of left field. So that could be a fit there. That's another guy I liked as well. And I just didn't have any time to look at it today. Yeah, he's, he's a good one. And then there's um there's a couple kind of utility type guys like Chad Pinder from Oakland who had a really big playoff for them. Um, he's going to make probably four or so million dollars. So I can see the the A's trying to trade him. And then Manny Margot, another guy who had a huge playoff for the Rays. I think he's probably going to make like three or four million. He's a guy who could make sense. And then maybe my favorite kind of outfield and second base target um, that they could go after is Kike Hernandez from the Dodgers. I think he is an absolutely perfect fit. He hits lefties well, plays second base and outfield. Um, he's a good utility player, so he's not going to make a ton of money. He might get four or five million a year for a year or two. Um, so I think he's pre- kind of the guy you kind of you go after since he hits lefties as well. The other thing is he's got a great personality. Like you know, yep. Chicago would just love to have him here as far as Twitter and just personality wise. Like he would he would just like you can give him his own show on Marquee. They got nothing going on right now. It's like bass fishing. <laughs> <laughs> they they you, probably got a gambling show on right now. <laughs> you can you can literally give every player on the Cubs their own show. Yeah, yeah. He's hilarious. So that guy is just like he's he's out of this world. He's funny. Yeah, yeah, he's but, awesome. And, but, and he's a Puerto Rican too, so him and Javi will get along. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, then I, I was wondering about, you know, I, I've heard, you know, via trade, like, see, part of me wishes, you got these billionaire owners who are experiencing biblical losses, but you know what, this won't be, this isn't going for, going to be happening forever. The locusts at, are landing on the, the locusts people, are landing apparently. on the rich kids and, <laughs> and, and, and biting their fake, fake eyelashes off. But like, what, what I'm thinking is that there is going to be a market displacement at this exact point. So like, the pandemic, you got another year of that at least before, like, you know, you're going to get the vaccine. It's going to be effective or not. You know, they, they're going to get it done. But people are going to start getting used to things. Next year is going to be like a hybrid situation. And then we'll be back in the ballpark, maybe unless there's a big strike, which, you know, that's looming, too. So yeah. what I'm wondering is, but if there's a strike, you don't have to pay anybody. But what I'm wondering is this. Do you take advantage right now? Do you think the Ricketts have it in them to do like what the Dodgers did by like signing Mookie Betts to the long-term situation and then and being like, you know what, we're going to go all in on a few guys like the Cubs did with Lester, who now has been non-tender. Like, do you think they've got it in them to be like, you know, let's make the big splash. Let's spend the money now. We got the core expiring. We got one last bite at the apple with these guys and some some good, you know, let's get the Marcus Stroman. Let's get the, you know, let's get some big names and try to build around that for the future. Do you think that they, do you have any hope at all? <laughs> I guess what I'm asking that they might be that. Yeah. Or is it yeah, just, I, mean, I, I think it's good, just going to be the bets in terms of the top of the market. I think, I don't think even best case scenario has the Cubs like, Hey, go sign George Springer and Marcus Stroman. Um, but I do think, I don't want to say there's no chance that they don't just be like, Hey, here's like four or five guys in the middle of the market whose prices all fell that we can just hop on now. Um, one guy that I, I haven't talked about yet that I really, really like in terms of what they're going for. If they decide to spend a little bit of money is how song Kim, the guy who's going to get posted out of Korea. Um, he's only going to be 25 years old on opening day. So you can give him a lot, like a longer term deal with a shorter AAV. Maybe you backload it a little bit just to, to offset the cost right up front. Um, and he's a guy where if you're looking to extend the core and he turn, and he pans out, you're looking at a guy you can have for five years and be successful. It's almost like signing a really good prospect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Cubs haven't really hit on a lot of those guys, you know, out of uh, coming out of, well, everybody remembers Fukudome, but coming out of Asia, you know, they haven't really hit on anybody. I actually have uh, Kim's numbers here with the heroes, the KBO heroes. Yep. Um, yeah, this, you know, he's got the pop, you know, he's averaging about 20 home runs uh, a, a year. This is uh, taken with a grain of salt, of course, but, you know, he's got that high OBP. You know, I, I, how do you see him fitting into the lineup it being an in, there's your second baseman, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think you could play him at second um, left field. I don't, like I don't he's know. not going to, he's not going to displace Javi from shortstop. Like shortstop is Javi's position. Um, it could be a thing where if they do trade Chris Bryant, you can see him slot in at third base. He's got the arm to play at third, um, but he or makes if they just of move Chris Bryant to left field, right? Yeah, I mean that's an option too. Yeah, if you if you keep him around, you can you don't have to cut budget aggressively. You can definitely put KB in left too. Well, let's um, let's kind of talk well, about until he, until about he breaks into a million pieces out there. Until <laughs> <laughs> he hurts himself on the first time he yeah. dives yeah. for anything. Right, yeah. but we, let's talk a little bit about the core. You know, there's there's a lot of question about say like you know you're not going to trade a lot of guys because they don't have a lot of value coming off 2020. But do you see a you know a likely scenario that if Chris Bryant gets off to a really good start, he might be somebody that you could move. 
when the value is high, if you don't think you're going to sign him uh, for the next year? Yeah. I mean, I think best case scenario if is like you said, like a lot of the guys in the court don't have value outside of a guy like Wilson Contreras. Um, and you're not really going to trade Rizzo. So like, that's not in play. Um, but like Javi, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber's values are all down. So it's really, it doesn't make a ton of sense to trade them unless the only reason you're trading them is to save money. Um, so I like ideal world is you go into the season with them, add a couple guys on top of them that, that make a bunch of contact. And then you potentially like, maybe you look to what the Red Sox did in 04 where they traded Nomar while they were competitive um, and ended up winning a world series. And I think that's something you can potentially look to do with KB. If you know, you're not going to sign him long-term, if you're successful in the first half, you look to deal him, get some long-term pieces, potentially like major league ready, long-term pieces. And like, hopefully kind of thread that needle that they keep talking about. Do you remember when we got Nomar and we thought it was the greatest thing? Like the Cubs were like, just going to like go crazy. I remember being there at the first game he was at with my fake Boston accent. Yeah. Nomar, Nomar. Oh yeah. <laughs> One of my Every, happiest days as a Cubs fan. <laughs> Every everybody was. That was my first uh, my first spring training was Nomar's uh, spring training with the Cubs, and we were there yelling at him on the backfields. So, that stupid hand glove. Oh my god, that used to yeah. drive me nuts. So that took me about five minutes to get tired of. Well, and then, then <laughs> the the second part of that question about the core is: Would they then take advantage of maybe a depressed market to? you know, extend some of these guys and show that they've got faith in the future. You know, we've seen how it weighs on these dudes yeah. in their contract years, you know, how sometimes it's, it's just too much pressure. I think that that was some of what they faced last year, besides all the coronavirus pressure, but like, then you're getting towards the end of it. Do you think that they take advantage of a depressed situation to lock up a hobby, to lock up a KB? Yeah, I mean, I think the the three guys that I look at are, are Javi's one that makes a ton of sense. Um, he had a down year. He's kind of a high-variance player in terms of his offense. Like, he may get streaky. He may be cold. And he's entering next offseason where he's maybe the fifth best shortstop available. Um, like, you got Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor, and Corey Seager, all free agents. Um, so I think it's it makes sense for both sides to lock up a deal there. Um, Rizzo is another one. Like he's the heart and soul of the team. I think he's a guy you can't ever let play anywhere else. Um, you may have to overpay him when he's a little older, and I think that's fine. They're going to um, rip our heart out at the trade deadline this year. It would it's destroy. Gonna be, me. It's going to be. It's going to be Rizzo. They're going to use him for trade bait. Oh, it'll kill me. You know, You'd be able to Ralph Wiggum that moment where you can <laughs> see the exact moment my heart breaks. Oh, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Um, and is this the, finally the year? Because I saw that list of fifty prospects or, or fifty possible moves. Is this the year that we that comes finally do the Chris Archer thing? <laughs> because you know he had a he got five seasons for the Rays. He had a fifth place Cy Young finish in twenty fifteen. Of course, that was a long ass time ago. Yeah. He went to the Pirates for Tyler Glass. Now Austin Meadows and Shane Bass. What a lot. Oh my God! Like God, why do the pirates? Why are they so embarrassing? Um, <laughs> thankful, thankfully, we get to face him a bunch, you know, throughout the, uh, the year. Uh, but you know, he did go out there for 172 innings. He did have an ERA near five, but he played for the Pirates. That can't be easy. Uh, he had a little surgery in 20, 2020. Uh, I mean, I don't know. He's 32 years old. He's on the wrong side at 30. Is this the kind of BS like at back of the 
is it finally going to happen? The back of the rotation, Chris Archer. He's finally had that arm surgery that Theo has been waiting for him to have, and now he can bring him in. He's finally fallen to where the Cubs can actually afford him. Um, But, no, I think he makes a lot of sense. I I necessarily wouldn't count on him as a starter. The thoracic outlet syndrome is rough to come back from. Guys really struggle to come back from that. It's almost worse than Tommy John in terms of the recovery rate. so I wouldn't necessarily count on him, but I like personally, I think that even that one year four million is probably a little high. I'm not even sure he gets a guaranteed major league deal. Um, so I think that's that's the kind of guy that I think the Cubs are going to be shopping at in bulk for the rotation. Um, they'll probably try to bring in two or three guys on minor league deals or similar deals to try to compete for those spots. If they're going to finally bring in uh, Chris Archer, maybe we'll get Brian Roberts. Uh, you know, yeah, Jake Peavy. Pe- see if Jake, Jake Peavy wants to come back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doing? <laughs> I remember Jake Peavy. That was a big one. For every Cubs con for like six years was Jake Peavy. Well, and how about some of the guys that are, uh, you know, com- coming out, uh, coming off the Cubs? You know, your Chatwood. Because let's face it, the Cubs do not have enough starting pitchers to start a baseball season. They don't. Yep. They've got like two guys, and that's it. And then a bunch of rookies that you don't know what you got, really. Uh, so, I mean, uh, Chatwood, Quintana, Lester. Those all three of those dudes are gone. Cubs have no left-handed pitchers unless you think Marquez is ready. Uh, so I don't know. What do you think? Any of those guys? Well, yeah, he'll I mean, be ready I, by the last game of the year next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, and hopefully not walk the world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I actually I think Lester makes sense. I think it's gonna, probably going to be either the Cubs or the Braves that he goes to. Um, and you look at the deal the the Cardinals did with Wainwright, Wainwright the last two years. They've given him one year guaranteed. the The money's been a little different. It's somewhere between two and five million guaranteed. And then you give him incentives based on how many starts he makes. I think that's a good deal for both teams. I think Lester w- would want to be here, um, and it financially makes sense for the Cubs. I personally am a huge fan of bringing Tyler Chatwood back. I know a lot of people don't want to see him anymore. That's a, I, that's a different take. Nobody, literally nobody, has said that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, I think the difference is I think he probably only gets a minor league deal. Um, so it's pretty much no risk. He l- looked pretty dang good to start the year last year uh, until he got hurt. Um, the cutter was way better than we've seen it be in the past. And the command the last two seasons was not his first year. Like he's changed his mechanics. He looks way better. So if you're only giving him a minor league deal, I see no reason to not bring him back. If, yeah, he if he's on there. a minor league deal, you don't feel the need to try and get him as a starter either. Like he was exactly. pretty effective in the reliever position and we're going to need a few of those as well. Yep. No, that's, I totally agree. He'd be great on the bullpen as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a couple starters I do really like on the higher end. Um, Mike Miner, I think makes a ton of sense. He was uh, with Texas and then got traded to Oakland last year. He's not a huge velocity guy as a lefty, but he's a really high spin rate guy. Um, and he gets a ton of strikeouts on his changeup and his curveball. Um, and then the other guy is Garrett Richards from San Diego. He's been hurt a bunch lately. He had Tommy John about a year and a half ago, I think. Um, but he throws in the mid to upper 90s, can touch 100 if he's feeling good, um, is about as good as it gets in terms of spin rate on both his curveball and his fastball. And I think he's just the kind of guy that the Cubs have targeted in the bullpen the last couple of years. And I think that if they expand that to rotation, I think he's exactly what they're looking for. Now, what did you think of Dan Kantrovitz's first draft for the Cubs? I mean, it's hard to evaluate. Um, it's five rounds. 
Um, I totally understand what they were going for, though. They they either went premium tools with hitters with Ed Howard and Jordan Wogu, um, or just all of the velocity in terms of their levers with Caraway pumping it up in the upper 90s. Luke Little may or may not have touched 105 miles an hour at one point. Um, and I forget the last guy that drafted, but yeah, it was just, um, it was good to see them go very heavy on tools rather than just the low ceiling guys they've gone with in the past. Well, we've been seeing this in the, in the world series in the playoffs, you know, I mean, the, every team's got like five different guys that dial up to a hundred. We got like one dude and he and they won't even play him. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so frustrating, yeah. you know, and all these guys coming in. Nobody's ever heard of him until the World Series, until the playoffs. We're like, wait, who is that guy? Because he's only thrown four innings all year. And, and, and I can tell you that, you know, we were just excited with, with Kanchevich just because we were kind of like with, with, you know, McLeod and stuff. We just wanted to shake things up, just get a different set of eyeballs, yep. you know, kind of kind of to see what happens just because, you know, I know a lot of people hate this comparison to the 85 Bears. But, you know, when you look at this core, they did achieve a lot. World Series two NLCSs, but that lack of pitching just ended up killing them. Yeah, and I think you've, you've seen the change a little bit the last couple of years, even before Kantovitz got here. They do have a, a bunch of guys in the minors now that that pump upper 90s. Um, Michael McAveen, the kid they drafted out of Louisville, is in the upper 90s. Ryan Jensen, their first-round pick in 2019, is up there. Um, and then a kid named Ethan Roberts, he was a reliever they drafted. Um is a really high spin and upper nineties guy as well. So they're definitely starting to see those guys filter through the system. Um, it just took them a little too long to get there. Yeah. Little behind the curve, a uh, little yumper writes in speaking of Theo, I guess that was before if they want to make a run with spending money, could the Cubs look at a guy like Tanaka, uh, from the Yankees, Theo wanted him before he came over. I, I remember that that was like little, like maybe a year before Lester possibly, uh, yeah. he, he has some arm issues. He's a little older. He's in his 33, maybe, I want to say. Um, what do you think? Do, do they go for somebody like him? Uh, it's kind of might as well get Lester at that point, right? I mean, yeah, I think he's – in terms of cost, I think he's a little more than what they'd want to go for. I think he's probably still going to get in the 10 to $15 million range. Um, and I'm sure – I think he's probably a guy who's going to be really – really intentional with what kind of team he picks. I think he might either just want to stay with the Yankees or just go back to Japan. I know uh, I saw a rumor that his old team in Japan is offering him the, like the largest deal for a pitcher in Japanese baseball history. Um, I, I would go back to Japan. Yeah. Get yeah. The fuck out of here. Dude, I I'd go to Japan for like 35 grand right now, like a year, like easy, easy. Oh, yeah. like, a no brainer. Even if even if the exchange rate sucks, I do not care. Like, let, let's get let's go get one here. of those apartments, Danny, where we sleep in the drawers. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm, let's, with I'm with you. Let's yeah, go. Let's get out of here. Um, <laughs> so, well, I know you're on baby duty. You've got a a, a, a young uh, child at home, and and you said, hey, I got about a, a half hour to be with you guys, and we're at 35 minutes. So I appreciate Perfect. the extra five minutes. Uh, you know, keep if you haven't yet. It, his name is sitting right there at full count, Tommy. Please follow him because uh, he is uh, one of the best follows. And and I always appreciate, you know, I, I always appreciate all your takes because I'm not a guy that likes to look at all the trades and think about the other teams because I, fig- I figure I got no control. 
So I'm like, yep. I don't even want to speculate about what could happen because I'm going to want just the best guy. And and I'm going to want, you know, I want to basically I, I want to trade Daniel Descalso for Mike Trout every single time. <laughs> and, and and now we can't even do that because he, he got non-tendered or he, they didn't pick up his option. But uh, anyway, if you wanted some intelligent talk on it, please follow Full Count Tommy on Twitter. And uh, any, anything else you'd like to uh, plug in the meantime? Uh- I don't think so. I got nothing going on. So uh, I got a question to... for you. Your little up, one. Crowley. Your little yeah. one. Righty or lefty? Do you know yet? Uh, so he's been grabbing stuff with his right hand, but I've been trying to force the ball into his <laughs> left hand. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I kind of <laughs> knew that's where you were going, man. I knew if you, like I said, if you get a lefty, you could pull a Jamie Moyer and have like a 30 year career. Uh, that's what I'm trying for. Hey, that's a good retirement yeah. plan, my yeah. friend. Thank you so much for coming on, Tommy. And it was good talking to you. All right. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, yeah, thanks, nice brother. meeting you, Tommy. Let's, let's do it again soon. Yep. Take it easy, guys. All right, peace. Man, I'm so glad other people are smarter than us that we could bring on this show to, to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it really does help uh, matters for us quite a bit. Um, you know, well, all, all we got to do is make jokes. And, uh, but but I mean, what, what I love about Tommy, too, is he's literally just sitting in his basement pouring over these numbers. But here's the thing, you know, sometimes like we joke, we joke about, you know, like Theo and Jed and McLeod all kind of, it's good to sometimes just get a different perspective in to just kind of be like, Hey, you know what I mean? Just certain things that you might not have thought of. And then there's certain people whose opinion about baseball, I really respect. And Tommy's definitely one of them to kind of make me kind of see things or look in a different direction that I wasn't looking. Now we talked on a text thread that maybe we'd want to pick our guys off of Tommy's list or not, or what we thought that were the Cubs biggest needs this year. And Michael and I have already shown our cards. We said who we wanted. He said, Jackie Bradley Jr. You want to talk a little bit more about Jackie? Um, I mean, why, why, uh, what you would do in that situation? I mean, he might be, I don't know, do you think he's going to be too expensive? Is that, do you think there's a realistic pick or is it a dream pick or is it he, like just a good fit? Yeah, no, he was, so he made 11 million last year. He's unrestricted free agent now. Uh, I was working from the idea that uh, Schwarber, I, I really, it feels like he's gone, right? He's 8 million bucks. You could give, you know, and I don't know what Jackie Bradley Jr. is looking for, but it seems like everybody's going to be taking years and not num- not dollars, right? right? You have to be so scared going into this free agent market because you know next year is they're already talking about it. This winter's going to be a mess. We don't know if they're even gonna, what spring training is going to look like or when it's going to start. And then you're looking at at best partial attendance, right? At best, right? So. I mean, it feels like if he's if he was eleven million this last year, he might be open for a two year deal, you know, less than eleven per year, but more than eleven total. You know what I mean? What freaks me out more than anything is is you know talking about this and and, and these players they have to have this in the back of their mind. We're talking twenty twenty COVID. We had this twenty twenty one COVID is still going to be around and there's not going to be there. And then you go right into the CBA expiring in 2022. Now that's a huge fear. If you're, if you're a young ball player, because you might see two years of your career, you guys got to, you know, everyone understands that baseball careers are not that long. They're longer than football, but that's, that's a huge chunk of, of your, it, your it career. could be three years. I mean, if you figure they took a, at least a, only a third of the money, 
this in 2020 right. already. So, it, you know, Schwarber got a prorated salary last year. Uh, he yeah. only got 60 games worth of money. And then, uh, you know, next year is going to be, I mean, a lot of guys like Schwarber who would have normally with a full, with a full stadium, uh, 8 million. Remember how the Cubs used to throw around 8 million bucks? Just, yeah. oh, oh, remember Smiley? Hmm. They said they, they paid that guy seven million dollars just to rehab from Tommy right. John. I mean, you know, like I watched him do a side session with Job Baker as catcher. That's what he got paid seven million dollars. Yep. To do. <laughs> you know, I mean, and so like, <laughs> and, and it was just as productive as Daniel Descalso's four million. <laughs> yeah, um, but honestly, like, but that is what we're facing right now. So the players know that. The owners know that, and they're not going to, you know, we've been saying it since the beginning, don't never waste a, a tragedy, you know, that they, they, I don't think they will. And, you know, but how much do they worry about the ill will going to the CBA? Because at some point, these owners are going to get sick of the biblical losses. And even though they don't have the money to spend, they do have to have a longer term kind of viewpoint like they need to be part of america you know getting it back together you're fucking baseball for christ's sakes you are uh, you know apple pie you have to be part of that and if you're not you're gonna lose even more fans you know what i mean and like the demographic's gonna get even older and more you know you all, all of us all of us were alive when that strike in 1994 really almost killed baseball. I mean, people talk about the 20K Kerry Wood game. There was like 14,000 people. Everyone says they were there. There was like 14,000 people. Baseball was like on life support if it wasn't for Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and Kerry Wood that year. There's a lot of magical stuff. But for four, you know, 95 to 97, like nobody was going to baseball. Nobody was talking about baseball. Yeah, you really have to put yourself back into that position because my guess is that the people that listen to us have always been pretty hardcore baseball fans. Yeah. We have been hard, hardcore baseball fans. So like when I hear that, Oh, baseball almost died in 95 because of the strike and all this stuff. I'm always kind of like, Oh yeah. Nobody yeah. was paying attention. then. I, I was fucking watching, I, but I don't remember. I was not watching. I was in New York city. I was running around trying to get on Broadway, like, you know, chasing girls. I didn't even have a TV. You know, well, to, to be LSD, fair, I wasn't following it like I do like, now. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I would, I would watch the games, and, and you know, I always just had games on, and it's just like you would just watch and just like see the empty seats. You know, when you think of the Cubs, you think of '84 and people like standing on the dugout cheering, just packed, and like in the and then those after those strike seasons, even even Wrigley was gone. Uh, Dennis Huffman brings up a good point here. '94 strike essentially killed baseball in Montreal. There was. And, and the guy, again, he's, he's my enemy here, is uh, the shadow commissioner, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. He was the one that orchestrated that. And people forget that the White Sox had an unbelievably talented team that looked like they might be heading to the World Series when they, yeah. when they got that uh, lockout. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and that's what I'm wondering right now. It's like, is somebody going to take advantage of this and make, a big, uh, and make a big splash for, like, your guy, Jackie Bradley Jr.? Like, that's not, a big, that's not the biggest splash in the world uh, uh, of all time, you know, but it's, it's like a decent actual player that you could have on your team for a few years that can make a difference for the Chicago Cubs to and, thread Andy's the needle, a- as they say. 
Right, and he's an actual center fielder. He's not a second baseman playing center field or a right fielder playing center field or uh, just really, you know, I mean, well, let he, me- he can do both. But he had a, he just had a good contact year, and I felt like that might be good. But that is not what his MO has been for his whole career. So it could have been a fluke, and it could be a terrible signing as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that for me, ideally, just seeing Tommy LaStella come back would be just, you know, great. Uh, I, I, I like I feel, that too. I just don't know where he plays exactly. I just feel like, you know, Nico – could you know i would prefer him just to play every day i get scared with him when those guys don't get a lot of at bats it just i feel it really hurts their development and i would just love to see him get bats every day and i don't Not know bats in the minor leagues because they're gonna fucking cancel that shit yeah what's happening with the minor leagues i mean i saw that the instructional oh. league got banged because a bunch of teams got COVID. did you see that news yeah. yeah. Like, you know, they, they were down there in Arizona that, you know, they, they were trying some of the, the, you know, the minor league writers for the Cubs were trying to cover that thing. They got a few pictures out. They, you know, <laughs> Hey, uh, Chase Strumpf hit a, hit a dog, you know, that kind of news. <laughs> right. And then, and then all of a sudden it was over and I was like, what happened? And then they were like, well, fucking half the team's got COVID and they sent everybody home. So well, it's just insane. It's, it's what, tough. You know. And what you're looking at now is is that it's going to come down to Rob Manfred, and we know Rob Manfred hates baseball. Oh, my God. Rob Manfred <laughs> is Rob, – Rob Manfred sees, like, the instructional league got COVID and had to stop, and he jerked off. Yeah. Like, he sat there and looked at the headline and just splooged everywhere. Now, Rob Manfred doesn't just hate baseball – I hear he hates the Golden Glove Award. Oh God, he hates the fucking Gold Gloves so much that on the the maybe the biggest election that we've ever had I, as a country. I I mean, not maybe not ever. It definitely in my lifetime. Like it feels. I mean, even Bush v. Gore that got screwed because it was tied. But for the that, most that part, became we were all like, a- eh. Yeah, that became a big election. It didn't start as a big election. Yeah, at first it was it was one of those ones where like, eh, they're both fucking so good about voting. Like, that's what I thought, like, in 2000, because I was like, you know, 26, and I was like that guy. But, uh, you know, this one felt like there was a lot on the line. We've had a very tumultuous year. You got COVID. You got, you know, riots in the streets. You got a lot of social upheaval and people talking about a lot of things. And so... <laughs> <laughs> Artie Boucher writes in hashtag recall Manfred. Seriously. Oh because God. How do you, I mean, great. Gold gloves, award shows, MLB, not that big of a deal. People don't care that much, but to just know that it's election night in America and that you're just going to be like, and here's the gold gloves. Like I would have paid attention to the gold it, gloves. I would have watched that maybe if it was like tomorrow. It, it was. It was uh, tomorrow. What's the big deal? You got all off season to do it, and they choose election night. What well, is I, wrong with you? You're the stupidest fucker that ever <laughs> fucking lived. You're just <laughs> dumb. It's You're just <laughs> fucking awful. It's in the Constitution oh. when election day is. So it's not like it's like, oh shit, yeah. yeah you knew when it was. And Tuesday. what you the biggest problem we've talked about with baseball, one of them, but is their inability <laughs> Right. You went, oh wait, there's, there's eight million other right. but yeah, their inability flooded, you know. Inability <laughs> to market their stars. 
and I watched the Gold Gloves Award, and uh, you know, I, I was I was definitely like, you know, obviously we had some rooting interest. There's a lot of Cubs that were nominated, and we'll get to that. But it was like it was like you know, there's a lot of guys that I didn't pay attention to because they were in the AL West Coast games that I just kind of got to see some really awesome highlights. But that's what you want is eyeballs on your star players and maybe up and coming players. You know, and when you got these great highlights, like, so my wife, like she was my wife, she was, uh, she was with me and we were just kind of watching a little bit of the election and kind of like, but then like when the gold gloves, like, look, you know, they're just going to keep rehashing. I didn't even, I didn't even know they were happening. Right. No, they, I, I was, I was who, at Bleacher Jeff's, I was on Bleacher Jeff's porch and I was like, holy shit, dude, you know, the gold gloves are happening. He's like, yeah. You gotta be kidding tonight. I was like, no, yeah, this, seriously. And I, this I, is what they do all the time. This is the the Monday opening day games and the fucking you know all this stupid shit. They're con, you know, day games only happen during the playoffs <laughs> when nobody can watch. It. Val Capone, Wrigleyville's greatest uh, bartender, uh, says. Are you even remotely surprised that moron Fred is such a tone deaf bonehead? I would say no to that, but it's just a matter of like, it's just one of those things where you're like, like seriously again, like how could you keep screwing this up again? Like, and, and so like, here, here's the thing I was saying that, that, you know, we we're watching, my wife and I were watching CNN for the election results. I'm like, babe, they're just going to keep repeating shit. For the, you know, they don't have anything. They keep saying like, it's early. I'm like, let's just watch, you know, the golden gloves for a little bit and then we'll come back to it. No problem. And she's watching it, and she's not a big baseball fan like I am. And she's like, oh, that was awesome because they're showing these great highlights of these guys making just tremendous plays. And it was like, God, you had an opportunity to have – again, you could have done it on Wednesday tonight. Nothing – I mean, actually, it's still kind of going on. But at least you would, people would have understood you tried to have it on a Wednesday. This? You didn't how about, know. How about a, a weekend in the afternoon? Like Saturday – at 1 p.m. Right, right, right. Well, right no, you, that's again, that's college you. football time, Dave. Oh, yeah. Right, you, right, you want, right, you want right. the primetime dollars, too. I mean, that's that's what they're paying for is the primetime thing. And it's fine. You so can do it tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, do it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, Tuesday evening is a great time to do it. <laughs> Just not not this Tuesday. Dummy. How about oh, next God. Tuesday? Fuck, there's, there's no time limit. Oh, the winter lasts until... April 1st, yeah. right? Yeah, you can do letters. these awards at any time. It's not like they're fucking showing up. Yeah, well, let's take a look there. Well, and, and, and I, I'd like to say one more thing is Crawley, I totally agree with you that I think some of the most exciting highlights you can have in baseball are the, the defensive plays because, like, oh, here's a guy hitting a home run. Big deal. Uh, he runs real slow around the bases. Like nobody right. cares. Like I unless, see- unless it's uh, unless yeah. it's Contreras flipping the bat to the moon. Yeah, unless it's, it's a, a boring. Great, it's a boring. It's a boring highlight. But defensive plays, and that's what we're talking about. Like you watch that CPBL. You know the Chinese Pro- Professional Baseball League. They're throwing it in there pretty 88 and straight. So there's a lot of contact. So there's a lot of defensive plays. So defense is super prized. And there's a lot of plays that happen in those games. Makes it a lot more interesting to watch because the ball's in play, you know, and, you know, and that is what I do wish. Like that is when you see the athleticism of some of these players way more than when watching a fat guy hit, hit it over the fence. You know what I mean? Like, by by the way, did you Lions win that? I believe it's still going. Oh, okay. If anybody, if anybody in the chat knows, let us know. Because uh, I had the brothers. They made it to the championship, but I think they're getting their asses handed to them by the Unilions. And then that would mean the entire show 
picked the wrong. Lost, team. yeah, all of us. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> you, were, you were guardians, I was monkeys, and he was brothers. We yeah. had three out of four teams, and we're gonna fucking <laughs> miss it. <laughs> that does not surprise me. As Cub fans, we don't have the best luck in the world. Well, some good news about the Golden Gloves. These are your 2020 Golden Glove winners. Anthony Rizzo with number four. Yeah. So congratulations. Colton Wong, who was just cut. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> congratulations, Colton yep. Wong. You're cut. You got the gold glove. And finally, about freaking time, Javi Baez wins the gold glove at short hard to believe his first gold glove i know why he didn't but it just still blows my mind well you knew he'd win if they ever gave him the opportunity to win but uh no i went back real quick i wanted to see where rizzo's gold gloves you know stand in the uh pantheon of cubs history um, he, he's now got four gold gloves that ties Mark Grace as the most gold gloves by a first baseman for the Cubs in their history. But Rizzo's also got the platinum glove. You remember that? Yep. Mm-hmm. He got the platinum glove, best defender. So I think that puts him over the top there. Uh, Santo and Maddox both have five gold gloves and, uh, Ryan Sandberg got eight. That's a lot of gold gloves. Hall of Famer. And, yep. The most gold gloves is uh at shortstop is two by Don Kessinger 69 to 70. So right. now that uh <laughs> now that Javi is finally getting opportunities to win the gold glove, he might actually uh break through in that one. He uh he's the third uh go hey my bingo card. He's the third uh, gold glove uh for a shortstop. The other was Ernie Banks got a gold glove also, but you know, you look at your one one thing I want to put point out is I did predict that Jason Hayward was finally going to lose that. Well, that's right going to get to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Nolan Arenado. You might as well just name the award after him at this standpoint. The Cubs had two shots at pitchers. They had. Yeah, I Hendricks. think that's number seven for Arenado now, right? Yeah, it's 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 right right around there. Uh, the Cubs had two opportunities. They had Alec Mills and Kyle uh, uh, Hendricks who had an opportunity to get it a pitcher, but Max Fried got it for the uh, Braves. Yeah, how about that, man? They, they couldn't, you know, we had a two out of three chance at pitcher, <laughs> and they gave it to the other guy. That's freaking terrible. Well, Tucker, you know how it works. They split the vote. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Wilson Contreras did not win. Tucker Barnhart took it. He's, he's really good. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, Trent Grisham, and then the other opportunity the Cubs had, boy, I don't know, Jason Hayward's going to have a tough time getting another gold glove when you got Mookie Betts patrolling in Dodger Stadium. It really is. No, I I agree with that. Um, uh, yeah, poor, poor Jay Hay. And he well, really is I mean, incredible. I mean, unless, you know, I mean, you never know. Mookie Betts could, you know. He could get COVID <laughs> and never play well again. Exactly. I mean, that whole These team, happen. we don't whole- know what the fuck's going to happen next year. A couple other uh, manage um, awards because you know got award seasons. You know, uh, you Darvish. How about that? Yeah, he's Ooh. a finalist. He looks like. Uh, I mean, and he was up there. But do you think he gets it? Uh, uh, it, it, it just I don't think like so. It's, it's well, trending, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, it really is. Well, I'm just happy because it pissed the Ricketts off. He made the top five in Cy Young, and they had to pay him an extra million bucks. Yeah. So during biblical know. and more biblical losses, that's freaking Deuteronomy right there, bitch. <laughs> I just, how much would you oh. pay though? I want, I want to have a live stream of Len Casper watching the uh, Cy Young Awards, so that when Trevor Bauer wins it, we can see the money shot. You know, it's, it's going to be on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's Orton is Len Casper's only fans. <laughs> Len Casper's only fans. Him watching Trevor Power get to sigh. <laughs> Comes in his own eye. You know we're going to hear about it nonstop, no matter who the Cubs are playing, no matter what day of the week. Len like, Casper has called up Theo every day since the season ended, being like, listen, you really got to figure out something with Power. Hey, you, back, you backload it. You do a Bobby Bonilla contract. You pay him till 2050. Like, get it done. Like, Somehow. Oh, uh, Gordon Whitmire wrote a thing for USA Today, I think, and talking about the guys who got qualifying offers, and Bauer was one of the guys that got a qualifying offer. And according to Whitmire, it's just like, well, anybody with a qualifying offer is no longer on the Cubs' radar. So, right. Yeah, no, that's dodged true. dodged the bullet there. Well, but that's what I was bringing up with Tommy. It's like, you know, I think that if you were to have a longer view of things, if you were to be like, I'm Tom Ricketts, I own the hotel across the street. As soon as COVID's over, everybody's going to want to go bowling at my lucky strike. You know, things are going to like come back like roaring 20 style. Like, listen, last pandemic, big one, 1918 influenza. Okay. 1918, 1919. What do they call the 20s? The roaring 20s. Exactly. Yeah, so it, if you've got a long view about that things. To look forward to. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that should be good. And then the Great Depression, right, when I turned 65. I can't wait. It's going to be fucking great. So, uh, actually, I already lived through that, I think. But, uh, you know, and I, and, and, and so why not a Marcus Stroman? Like, that's my guy. Like, why not pick up somebody like that on the right side of 30 that is like could be the new John Lester that won't even cost even half as much, but could still be like a good solid number three for a long time. You know, like, why not displace that and have the long view? Be like, we're going to make money. Like, we got our new channel. Like, people, we need Chicago excited about this. Listen, like, we paid almost – I got the bill last month. It was, it was like, almost a 1000 bucks for us to go to a, a playoff game. You know, the three of us. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and we – and. We couldn't wait to do something like that, even though it was kind of dangerous to do. Like Michael didn't even have sex with his wife for two weeks because of co because he was quarantining. Yeah, he didn't play with his children. They're going to be scarred for life. Well, speaking of speaking <laughs> of fences falling no, but, over in the yard, <laughs> but Danny, I actually completely agree with you. This is this is the time to actually strike because. If you offer years, you can get people for lower than what you would normally get because they want some stability through what we've already talked about, going through the labor negotiations, all that stuff. They want that stability moving forward. And, you know, the I don't think this tax, the, the luxury tax thing, the way that they've had it, work the way that <laughs> the players want it. They're going to fight that tooth and nail. You, they can so you're probably not going to have that issue. And you're going to be set up to already be able to spend at that point with some low, low paid, low paid players. I, I, honestly, though, if I had that option, I would rather they invest in all the baseball talent that has lost jobs, scouts, developing players. That's been the weakness that we've talked about is that we had that first wave of great players. And then now all of a sudden there's been this gap. You can do them. both when you have 
billions of dollars. Well, I mean, but, but as Cap talked about the other day, they are a family that runs it like a business. And and again, when you're a business, regardless of whether you can afford it, doesn't mean you want to eat it. Marquee right. Network. I, and I understand that. I just don't believe that they're eating it the way that they say they're eating it. Like, I just, I don't know. The, and when you, assholes like that get to show a loss, again, they're fucking jerking off and having a good time because they're like, oh, I just showed a loss on this fucking baseball team. It means I'm going to pay less taxes. I'm going to pay 750 bucks in taxes this year. Michael, I'm just going to put this as simple as I can, is that what I've noticed in my life is that the people that have the most money are the cheapest and the people that have the least amount of money are the most generous. That's just what I've seen in my life. And I can just tell you that I am sure that even though they have billions and they could literally make this a Chicago powerhouse by getting all these great scouts and instructional talent. And, and, and if you want to get players, get players, but they're not going to. And that's where I kind of looking at it. So if I, if I, I know, but if you there, want, I mean, if you want to yeah. let them off the hook, if you want to be like, well, you know what, they're, this is just who they are, and we need to fucking not worry about it because it is who they are, and let's fucking let's play the game where we hate our team because we never get the fucking players that we want. I, I mean, just know realistically speaking, I can sit there and wish a lot of things, but, you know. I'm not wishing. I'm calling these motherfuckers out. Fucking pay for players, and if they did it now, it would actually make fiscal sense moving forward. That's I think what that's saying. what Danny like, was trying to you, get to. Yeah, if you are the war, you're Warren Buffett. Okay, you're the Warren Buffett of baseball, which I mean, not, Ricketts are what sixth richest owner somewhere in that ballpark. You know, they're not top top like the new uh, Cohen who got right. the Mets, and you know he's looking to make a splash. So you could pretty much book twenty. I would if I'm going to look at those odds. Actually, I would I would bet on the Mets, except that that they're the Mets. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they're they're going to fuck it up in the in a similar way the Cubs do. But uh, you know. Ricketts are about fifth, sixth in in ownership wealth. So that's not small potatoes. And I will not let them up the hook. I'm more with on the cotton side of things. Spend your freaking money. You know, you you did you did the renovations. You've already um, invested in the neighborhood. What are you going to let that sit empty another decade? As you have like freaking also ran teams. Like no, you do. You take advantage of this pandemic and you spend money now. Get your and it's not even that much. Like get that freaking dude uh, from Korea. Uh, Kim, what's his name? Yeah, Kim. Yeah. So Kim. Here, here's my. Here's my <laughs> you said you Kim. said Kim. You had no idea. You just fucking went. Here's for it. the. Uh... <laughs> No, I do. I do. Here's my bigger point on this one here. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. So take a look uh, in the mirror there, fella, and I guarantee you'll see hairs sticking out of your holes. Now it's time that your ear and nose hair started to look as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. All right, uh, you know, nose hair's gross. Ear hair's gross. Nobody likes people that have nose and ear hair. Uh, I use trimmers. I don't I, I don't have this product yet, but uh, I take care of my business, and this seems like a much better way than I do to take care of it because uh, I basically actually use an, a weed whacker, an actual weed whacker. Uh, it's It gets a little bloody sometimes, but you should use this weed whacker, the one from Manscaped. Um, you know, they're forever changing this grooming game. 
with uh, something like this, the Weed Whacker. It's a nose and ear hair trimmer. It's got proprietary skin-safe technology. Helps prevent nicks and snags and tugs and delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Now, its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up for 90 minutes of use. Now, I know you've tried to pull your nose hair out with your fingers, and it hurts. It hurts worse than even nicking your balls with a razor, okay? But Manscaped has made whacking your weeds a time to actually look forward to in delivering you the maximum confidence you can have while providing the hygiene, you know what I mean? So, yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping all of our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking real nice. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code armchair. What the hell are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. The Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by Bet Online because the wait is over. Football is going strong, people, and many teams are strutting their stuff out there. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Okay, Bet Online's going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today, use promo code ARMCHAIR, take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Is there is so much damn uncertainty about the next three seasons? Okay, so the next three seasons. So am I going to sit there as a billionaire owner, even if I have the money, be like, I'm going to take that guy for 20 million, that guy for 10 million. When I sit there, and let's say it's a three or a five or whatever. Yeah, I know it's not a lot of money, but it's just it, to me. That's what I'm the, saying. You don't have to pay that much right now. You just right. freaking pay less. You can lock this give dude them up. Years. Give them years. Be like, hey, listen, five years. Kim in his 20s. He could be a part of your team. He's proven himself in Korea. Look at all the years he's got. Like, you got to pay this guy between, I don't know, what did Tommy say? I forget. Five. Five million, I thought. Five million, something like that. So he's he's got uh, seven years of experience. So he's, like, coming in. He's young. I forget what he said. He's, like, on the right side of 30, though. He's got a high batting average, really high OBP, especially – like, well, every, all the years except his rookie year, he's got some freaking pop. He plays the infield well. He's a shortstop. You know, I mean, you spend, I mean, $5 million for a kick-ass shortstop. You give that guy, you pay Korea, you give that guy the $50 million, five years, like, I, you know, five years, shy, not even that much. You don't even need that much. $30 right. million? No, you do that even with the biblical losses because people are going to show up. Where, where are people from Korea going to come and stay? I'm, they're I'm, at the, his hotel. They're they, gonna pay all that money. I'm the gonna press tell you core. That. They follow his ass around as he hits twenty a, a year in 
Dude, here's here's what I'm going to tell you, Danny, though, is that they're going to make that money either way because the second that these restrictions are lifted, I don't give a shit if it's a bunch of little leaguers. I'm going to Wrigley Field, (laughs) and I'm going to do snow. You're rooting it all. I boycott. I boycott all the games. I'm going to go to – I'm going to go – I'm going to do snow angels in the peanut shells after the game. I'm going to be so happy to be back at Wrigley Field. Dude, just open all over you. You're like, I don't care. I got a vaccine. 83% effective. Yeah. Yeah. said. Crawley, if if we accept that, if we accept what the fucking records are doing, and and we accept that this is pretty normal, like responsible behavior by them, we don't have a show. So this is <laughs> oh, we this gotta, show we got is basically just fuck Ricketts all day long. Well, yeah. well, speaking of show, we talked about um, the Gold Glove winners. We talked about you, Darvish. One more award coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa Lossy for manager of the year. Grandpa uh, Lossy, that's him receiving a reward, the, getting his yeah. reward there. And wow, you know, it's uh, you know good for him. You know, Cubs won the division again. There's a lot of asterisks and a lot of you know hypotheticals, but I will say uh, they talked to Anthony Rizzo. They actually interviewed Rizzo and Baez on the Gold Glove Show. Um, you know, and they and they asked Rizzo about what he did, and he's like, "I thought Dave, and obviously they're friends, but you know, just did a great job." And that it was such a weird year to try to keep shit from going off the rails. And I think the Cubs truly were a model organization as far as following the guidelines. Hey, they got no cases. They caught not a single case. They were the only team to do so. Yeah, they were first place almost. Uh, you know, wall. Uh, what's, what's the term? Uh, what's the- yeah, uh, wire to oh, wire. Wire to wire. Dude, you got to start drinking again. You can't think of I'm, I'm, I'm having troubles with the wires and the poles and all the shit. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they were first place most of the year. No, no COVID. Uh, you know, it was, it was a successful year despite a lot of our belly aching. And, you know, I don't know. I, I would, I think it would be great to see him get it. But, I'd rather Rick Renteria win that motherfucker. I need just- Rick. Listen, just as I was starting to kind of like the White Sox, you know, we've been hanging out yep. with Levante. All my family is White Sox fans. Like, and I'm like, you know what? This is a, they've got Eloy. They got a couple of dudes we were watching for a while, like Eloy and Cease. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then they side like a Luis Robert. They got a great exciting shortstop. You know, we're so lucky in Chicago. We got two awesome shortstops on the north and south side to watch. Like that is a cool thing. So anyway, Luis so Robert ex- center field though, right? Yeah, he he won uh, Gold Glove. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And did he win Rookie of the Year? No, that's not even out yet. Right, Tim but Anderson, what Danny was saying is we yeah. don't have two great center fielders to watch. No, no, we don't. <laughs> but what I'm, great but, but what I'm saying, I'm just starting to like the White Sox and these fucking assholes. They hire Tony. La Russa as the new manager for their team and fire Ricky Renteria, who now it, which I know you just said is up for manager of the freaking year. <laughs> Here's a picture of Tony La Russa basically looking like he's already dead. He looks like Rudy Giuliani laying on the bed with that Borat girl right now. Yeah. He's got, <laughs> looks like he's got no teeth. This guy's had the worst plastic surgery. He's all puffed up. Like, that is not Tony LaRusso. Like, I don't know how old people usually get thinner and their cheeks get sunken in. Like, this guy had plastic surgery to make him look like a human pumpkin. I don't know. I'm just uh, saying, but he looks like a jack lantern. It looks like a sunken pumpkin. I, you know what? I have to say, <laughs> <Sunken> pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, 
I put out a tweet when I found out about this, and I was really disappointed it didn't take off more than it did. But it just that the MLB complains that they need a younger fan base, and the White Sox went out and just got a manager that made their fan base feel young because well, nobody is the, older than this fucker. The White Sox had the younger fan base. Like, people from the <laughs> south and anymore. west side were, were hanging out down there being like, hey, this is cool. It was like a cool date night for people. Like, you got to wear fly black socks gear. <laughs> and then... <laughs> They literally hired like the old, the dirty old man from freaking Family Guy. Well, no, no, you know what? Be- dirty old man, you know, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. But here's a, here's the thing: is that this was a team, the White Sox, that created their name in being fun and playing their, doing it their way, and bat flips and and all sorts of wildness. And now you've got one of the most sanctimonious assholes <laughs> in all of baseball. You got to remember, got, he got fired for being a dick. In St. In Louis, St. Louis. In place he was too much of a dick for them. He he is absolutely the the definition of no fun. You know, the, remember there was a time where the where the NL Central just had a bunch of old, shitty, boring ass man, or not boring, but just 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 the old miserable ass. Yeah. You know, we <laughs> had Larusa and you had Clint Hurdle, and we had Luke Pinella. And all these old, old guys. Ir- just irascible, like, like, get off my lawn, old guys. Right. Snored. By the way, this is perfect. Sno- yeah, La Russa. Do you know what it means in Italian? Russar is to snore. <laughs> so get ready for that. <laughs> I just, I remember very clearly that when they fired Dusty Baker in about, at the end of the 2006 se- season, there were two managers on the list. And I was huge. I wanted Joe Girardi so bad because I, I just... I, I wanted him. Joe back then, too. I, I wanted Joe, and they decided to go with Lou Pinella. And a couple guys I work with that are, like, you know, 10, 15 years older than me, you know, they, they remember Lou from the 70s and big Lou Pinella. Oh, Lou Pinella, this. But I'm like, guys, the game's passed him by. He's old. It's a, you know, it's a 162-game grind. Traveling here, there, and everywhere, up early, out late. I'm like, it's it's just not, I just, I would rather have somebody younger with more energy that has a vision that's more in tune with today's modern players. And and, and it, to me, it's like the same situation. And, and what made the White Sox great too was they put Kenny Williams and they stuffed him in a closet and they said, don't come out. And they let Rick Hahn build something great. The moves he made have all been fantastic other than the Tatis Jr. move. We won't even go with that because the White Sox fans will get mad. But they had... Everything going, and now Rick Hahn, just like we needed Joe Madden, that final piece of the puzzle, they had everything they needed, and they could easily, the White Sox have the budget to, to sign somebody. They can go out and sign one or two players. They, they are in the cat seat on this one. But in, So now Rick Hahn just has to get that final piece. You know what I mean? It's like that final card on top of your deck of cards. He just has to get a good manager. And say what you want about A.J. Hinch or some of these guys, but Jesus Christ, when you see all of a sudden old man Reinsdorf, the shadow GM, old man come in Winter, and and get his 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 uh his what what, what his uh bocce ball partner to play to be the manager, what the fuck! Like you really see these guys like literally playing bocce at U.S. Cellular? Oh. Hey, where's where's Bossard? There's a yeah. little divot over there. Bocce, he's like those old dudes that play pickleball at the rec center. Uh, they got that well, little like I, wood panel and a fucking wiffle ball. I, I really enjoyed the error in the announcement. Um, Facebook user, uh, Facebook is this Bill Sugar. Is this Bill Sugar? It's got to be uh, Facebook. Be, wait, user wait, 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 wait. 
Being old does not mean you don't know things. No, I agree. Agreed. You, you, you can know things, but, but being the, old you means gotta, you know things about slower. things that were a long time ago. He hasn't managed in 10 years. Yeah. A lot has happened in the game of baseball in 10 years. And again, I think that like when you look at Joe Madden, like you're like, oh, he's an older manager. Well, LaRouche is 10 years older. Yeah. I mean, like you it, brought it, up, you, you brought up uh, Girardi. Remember, that was what we were all kind of making fun of is that he was a little past his prime because he had that binder. Remember, he had the, oh, the yeah. Girardi binder. binder. Not an iPad <laughs> or a fucking phone or anything, a binder. Yeah, well, uh, you know LaRusse is going to show up day one with a binder. <laughs> and uh, Eloy Jimenez is going to be sitting on it. Are you just, <laughs> you know, I'm going to show up with one of the, like a Rolodex <laughs> and a fucking uh, catalog from the library. An abacus. <laughs> um, what I enjoyed was uh, the White Sox announcement about it. And I'm going to put it, uh, the picture of it up here. Uh, LaRusse is. He's sitting there. He looks a little bit better than the picture you put up. But if you notice, it says White Sox manager Tony Larusa, and then it's got a, a, what appears to be a somebody's signature right under the word manager. And uh, but if you re- zoom in real close on it, and you can't see it on this, it's actually uh, AJ Hinch's signature. Yeah, it's a bad photo. Fo- you know, it's they, a bad they, photo they, of it. But it, it, they, they they even la- they loused up. They were gonna hire a young, exciting, cheating manager named AJ Hinch, and instead they hired an old. Uh, you know, I, how did Tony Larusa cheat? Uh, tobacco juice in the shoes. No, 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 no. There, there was a no. Actually, if you really go into the history of Larusa, the, the cheating is unreal. Dude, so he's if, part of the whole, that, yeah, the whole PED the, thing. PEDs, Mark McGuire, every big name that did PEDs. The biggest names came through Larusa's clubhouses. There was the drinking and driving accidents, and, and oh the, yeah, there was a lot. But the, the big thing is there was cheating that was very similar to not the garbage cans. But there was always rumors that there was cheating going on at uh, Bush Stadium where there was some sort of system that they were using involving the announcers and shit. LaRusse is as dirty as they come. So if you're gonna, if cheating is what you're going to not hire a manager for, then at least get a young good guy that cheated rather than an old guy who fell asleep in an intersection. Guy Serious brings up a good point. He writes, Pete Rose is back. And now, to me, why not go for a dude like Pete Rose at this point? Like, if you're going to bring back, well, I know, but if if you're getting, so is Larusa, I think. He's not banned from baseball. No, no, I thought I thought you said bad for baseball. No banned. Oh yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, unban him. Like, brings if you're going to go Larusa at this point, like, because it is true. Like, you think of a Larusa, you think of a Pete Rose. You know, you you want to unban him. Pete Rose makes Tony LaRusso look like Mother Teresa. I mean, Yadier Molina. Exactly. <laughs> Are you really going there? But, but I mean, oh, Yadier Molina is blaming right now Johnny Bench for not getting a gold glove. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like dude, we're already, dude, it's all dude. connected to me. Like, Tom Pete Seaver Rose died. was a major gambler. Uh, he tend to like the girls a little bit on the young side. Uh, you don't want to bring that guy back into the game. That, that's that's uh, a no go on that, my friend. I'm I sorry, know, but but see if the, as their demographic ages and they're trying to get the social security money out of their demographic, which is basically old dudes that live down in Florida. Then what you do is you bring back all these old guys and they you make them feel like they got one more shot at it. You know what I mean? It's just it's what they do to us is like fat guys are like, well, maybe I could pitch or play first base. You know, it's then, like, then, then you know what? This is a fucking disheartening situation. I know Lee Elia. I have connections. We can get him from Florida and have him come in and manage. 
Exactly. Oh my God. Like, Ilya just needs to come up every year for a fucking uh, motivational speech. It's a disheartening fucking situation we're in right now. Bring Lee Ilya back and bring the working man t-shirts back and let's let's go old school exactly. for doing it. Exactly. Speaking right, of old on. school. Yeah, I was just going to say, speaking of old school, when I was 15, I drank Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who else likes Miller Lite? John Lester. Oh, yeah. God bless that man. God bless John Lester. They got to bring him back just for spending, what, uh, 34% for, – for giving 34% tip. On, all, on is, is Val, very big tabs. Is Val Capone still on here? Is Val still – Val, if you're on yeah. here, you know – Put something in. I know you probably are working or so something, but he, yeah, but she had a funny trapper keeper joke earlier. Yeah, John Lester put old, out four old. different bars that people could get free Miller Lights at. He bought four thousand eight hundred and thirty-eight beers at a cost of about forty-eight thousand uh, dollars when you add in a thirty-four percent tip. That he so Val's still with. on here. Not only did John Lester do that, but Nice Lounge had a program where you could buy beers for people and they would contribute to the Never Quit Foundation, the Pediatric Cancer Research uh, Foundation for, um, you know, and they raised a ton of money at Nisei, which was absolutely fantastic. And so cheers to John Lester. Cheers to the people at Nisei. Cheers to everybody that bought a beer. I mean, that was just honestly in a a moment where everybody seems like they hate each other and you look at Michael's dumpster fire behind him. That was just a moment that for just like it just made you smile like, hey, man, we can really come together and get shit done sometimes when it involves beer. Yeah, it made it made you smile until we all got drunk on bad beer and we and we started fighting each other in the parking lot. It's all all good. But, you know, cheers to those guys. And yeah, no, it was a great, great thing. It was awesome to see. It's, it's, uh, you know, one of those things where, you know, I, I was, I was just proud and I, and, and he really deserves to play one more year in Drew Wrigley. I would just love to see him one last year if it doesn't cost that yeah. much because he deserves a send off. Like, you know, I think Danny like, might be having some issues. There he goes. He pops out. He'll be back. He'll be right back. Don't worry about that. Some other things though. Jose O for 21 Martinez. With a walk is still a cub. He's arbitration eligible. You can just kiss that goodbye. Anthony Rizzo. I don't think there was ever a doubt he was coming back. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Think in, in, $16.5 million. They owed it to him just from what he's already done. He signed a very team-friendly deal. This is the only year that he's actually making a good amount. And it's still less than a qualifying offer. And, and and Val right now is saying, and this is a big part of it too here. Uh, Val's saying, yep, thanks everyone for chipping in and supporting Never Quit and the service industry workers that are hurting pretty, pretty bad right now. And that was the thing. John had these tabs set up at different bars that, you know, all these bars at Wrigleyville are just struggling so bad. All the people that we love so much that work there like Val. And it's like, what what a, what a great thing to do for everybody. Uh, can you guys hear me again? Yeah, yeah. we got you now. All right, cool. Yeah, no, it, it was so so beautiful, and and I agree with everybody. I, we, I think if you can get a deal done with John Lester, you do that. He's a great middle of the rotation. He could teach the young guys. You you just have to get that done. Especially so Martinez is like gone. That. The other good news is Daniel Descalso. The Daniel Descalso, they're paying him $1 million to leave. Honestly, I mean, like, how could you be Daniel Descalso and take that money, like, look in Theo's face and take that check? Wait, did you oh, just wait. say Martinez is gone? 
Well, he's no, arbitration he's arbitration eligible. He's, well, he'll just lose the arbitration. That's all. Yeah, but I I don't know, man. I I think that Jose Martinez, like I understand that that sucked, but that what, I think he's he still did, on he the team. Over, he went league. over everything, but like honestly, like he has been good in the past. Like he's a good hitter. Like we saw his numbers. Like this is an aberration that we're looking at. I mean, to go over twenty one. It means he's due, dude. He's <laughs> due. He's, he's well, going to explode next year. Hold on, Danny. But you just said it. The danger is right in what you just said. He goes over twenty one. Next year is twenty twenty one. Over twenty one. That's like the entire season. Nothing. Well, we'll, we'll see how go. we'll, we'll see how it goes. But you know, I'm just like I said, glad Rizzo for two hundred. Martinez, I can give a rat's ass about, and Descal's so good riddance. What a mistake! What, yeah, what a mistake! Yeah, that sucked, and you know that, and that was good. They signed so many guys that were like between a million and three million, and that's what was disheartening about what Tommy said is that he kind of foresees that that's what's going to happen again, that they're going to get these guys, and they don't hit on these dudes like barely ever. And in fact, they let dudes like that get away like a Tommy LaStella. You know, they're like, oh, we don't need the second baseman. And then they spend the next three years looking for a second baseman. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what happened. Like, so, you know, when you, you just, you know, call it how you see it, it you know, that is exactly what happened. And to, to the idea that we're going to do that again, and that's going to be, you know, how they go about it with more Daniel Descalso's of the world, you know. Yeah. $50 a ticket. That's, that's what we've been talking about is the bargain shopping for the Cubs yeah. where, you know, they used to sharp, shop at Macy's and then, and then all of a sudden they went to TJ Maxx and now they're, they're heading into the dollar store and kind of just, oh, this is not right. so bad. They're, well, they're, they not would, getting, they're not getting frosted flakes. They're getting sugar flakes. If I was looking <laughs> at the correct contract They're the same thing. Just, they, they don't pay for advertising. So <laughs> <my mom. laughs> Well, if I was looking at the correct contract information, which I'm not 100% positive I, I was, they would owe him uh, over $2 million this year uh, if they if they kept him on the – Martinez on the team. And then that's Rex- what I'm saying. Like, that's what th- – why not him? Why, why not him and some of these other guys? Like, Jose Martinez had a lot of good years, you know. I was excited when he came on the team. I'm going to stick with it. I'm – you know, I never liked the Daniel Descalso move. I never understood that at all. But the uh, but the Mar- Martinez move, I want that to, See, to go well. The, the, the Daniel Descalso move honestly made sense because you know you you didn't know what was going on with Zobras, uh, and then he was a, he was a guy that was kind of a really clutchy kind of player, not as good as Ben Zobras, but the guy that like if you needed a hit, always came through, and he, he started. He, he, he started, replaced Tommy Listella for Christ's sake. He started his year really well with the Cubs. His tenure with the Cubs started well, and then he got an ankle injury, and just for whatever reason. He never was able to bounce back from that. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I can't, you know. And well, so, he, he never went on the DL. That's why. Right. They, they just, they just, they just kept him off. on the bench. And every so often, uh, Theo would walk down there and kick him in the shin. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of a kick in the shin, Rex Brothers, right? Is that about it? Yeah, that's Rex Brothers. That's the last move, I think. Uh, yeah, that's not happening ever. No. He's, <laughs> Rex Brothers will never be. A cub. He pitched a few innings this year. 
uh, it'll go down as a very obscure trivia question, <laughs> probably. It's one of those when you look back, like, oh, yeah, he was on the team. Well, yeah. what's going to happen is in, like, either next year or the year after, we're going to face him, and he's going to, like, pitch a no-hitter or something. It'll be like, see? I knew he would be good. Uh, no, uh, but it's still, like, that was one of the lefties they tried this year, and I don't think they've solved that problem. Nope. You know, they don't – We they, they're, they're trying to do it in-house. We'll see if it works. Uh, we can talk about that closer spring training, though. Uh, okay. Uh, story time. It's story time with Crawley. All right. Are you ready? I'm born ready, man. Can we can we start calling this bathroom time with cotton? <laughs> bathroom time with cotton, with cotton, with cotton. Um, yeah, as long as there's no picture of it. Yeah, I'm uh I'm looking for your stuff. Here we go. Story time with Crawley, with Crawley, with Crawley. Story time with Crawley, it's Crawley story time. All right, four years ago today, I know we've all been uh tired and drained from this whole election shit. But if you remember four years ago today, I woke up at three in the morning, Cubs fans. And this is what I saw right here. Cubs oh, yeah, win. the building. I, I remember driving down Lakeshore Drive and seeing that building all lit up with the Cubs logo. The Cubs logo. And so there's me. And it's like I said, this is probably like 2, 3 in the morning waiting outside Grant Park. And uh, and we're watching the sunrise. Dudes are doing crazy shit. They're climbing up these statues. Oh, up- yeah, the uh, Native Americans that are right uh, off the bridge right as you get off Lakeshore Drive uh, near Grant Park and the lake, there's those two Native Americans on horses, just beautiful, like, epic statues. And people were, like, literally trust falling off this shit. Just n- People were just nuts. And and so they have video of it, and I was going to get it, but then I was like, eh. Ends up being like, we had to run. So we had to do two sprints, and they were, like, 100-yard dashes. So, like, 100-yard dash security checkpoint. Then like another 100-yard dash security checkpoint. Now I'm 40 years old at this point. I'm huffing and puffing, and I feel like I probably popped a hamstring. But I absolutely made it to the front of the rally at Grant Park. And I turned around, and I took this picture, which is a couple Cubs flags. with This is a gorgeous November day, if anyone remembers. It was kind of like today, in fact. Today was a beautiful day like that, you know, warm for November. And, uh, you know, sun was up and, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful picture, Crawley, two, two Cubs flags in the sun out yeah. in the, uh, out in the distance. It like was the last, last nice day in America. Le- yeah. <laughs> pretty and, much. And, you know, we watched, we watched, you know, it took time for them because they were at the park and they were taking pictures with the trophy and drink and they were, they were all lit by the, t- by the time easily before they got there. And so we're sitting there and, um, we're watching games. They had like two, like uh, those screens we're watching games they finally show up and just seeing the speeches and, um, you know, hearing these guys talk. Rizzo was so emotional. And that moment when he gave Tom Rizzo the final out, because Rizzo put it in his back pocket, that stuck with me. They say I had Brett Elrich sing Go Cubs Go. I was hoping Eddie Better would do it. Uh, but then the confetti cannons are blowing up. Everybody's got, you know, Travis Wood, you could see he's got the old uh, camo on. And then everyone was just having fun. And it, it truly was amazing. And, there right here it says World Series champs and it just it it's hard to believe how many years have passed since then. So then I kind of move around the corner, right? I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, that was great. But I'm like, you know what, man? I want to freaking, you know, let's see how far I can get, how close I can get to getting into the uh to the players. 
I am right where they're all walking out. This is a picture. I almost bumped into Grandpa Rossi. Yeah, that's literally. Grandpa Rossi's ear. Like you're only a foot away from Grandpa Rossi's ear. I literally just point. pulled up my phone and I was like, "Holy shit! It is Grandpa Rossi." How about this guy? You, you remember this guy? You got you got to remember him. You got to love him. Lester Strode, where he is right now. Oh yeah. I, I don't know, but I I miss that guy like crazy. Yeah, left field but, bleachers loved him too. Oh, I, you couldn't not love him. I, but I heard that he got in, into a little bit of trouble for like being too much friends with fans, and yeah. I and I think it's probably your fault, Crawley. Probably. <laughs> and then of course, this is one of my favorite pictures right here. I'm taking a selfie. There's Chris Bryant with a WWE belt right there, and so you know it was. Like I like I just couldn't believe I got that close, but this was the one that still gives me goosebumps to this day. You got to remember, they just came back from Cleveland, and this is the first time I ever saw the World Series trophy after 40 years of waiting. Uh, this is Dexter Fowler, and I'm about a foot and a half away from the trophy, and Dexter's just like carrying it in his arms like a baby. I'm like, oh, man, it was just unbelievable. So, Probably that's not how you carry babies. I hate to tell you, but <laughs> that's if, if you're carrying right your baby like that, uh, somebody should have told you better. But even though, you know, I literally, like I said, I was up all night. I was standing for hours. I probably was standing, I'm not kidding you, for probably like 15 hours. I was probably standing, but it was so worth it. I would do it again. In a Correct heartbeat. me if I'm wrong, but did you stay on my couch the night before this? No, no, no. I stayed in a, a different night. real close to there. All so right. Yeah, I woke okay. up. I just, I ran like, I, I was probably like, I could leave my car to this place. I could walk to Grand Oh, Park. I know who stayed. Corey Finneran from the Ivy Envy show, which we're, we're going to have him on this winter. Absolutely. And all the members of Ivy Envy at some point. The now defunct second longest running Cubs podcast in the history of podcasts. Yeah, but, uh, it's, it, it's We'll make us. him come back on. Yeah, we're going to make them come on and pass the mantle over. Yeah, exactly. But th- those are some of the best pictures I've ever seen It uh, of that parade. I uh, had an experience also at that parade. I just went to Wrigley. I was so exhausted after going to Game 7 and traveling to San Francisco and the Do- seeing the Dodgers. I'm like, I really cannot deal with <laughs> the – like eighth largest human gathering or in the history of <laughs> largest of, in the Western hemisphere. In the hemisphere, I was just like, you know, th- I really, I'd be like, it sounds like something I would do, but I'm glad you experienced what you did because that was the, I mean, to be that close to Chris Bryant with that belt and Dexter Fowler holding that trophy. And that was such a surreal day for everybody. And, you know, we forget because we all experienced it as fans, but the players, they'll never go through anything like that either. That was an epic world series uh, victory. Like, you know, Dave Kaplan, you know, he's spoken about, spoken about it many times. All of us have spoken about it many times as being like pretty much one of the top moments in sports history period. You know, we're talking like Ali, the, the, the bungle in the jungle or whatever that was called. Rumble in the jungle. Rumble in the jungle. Yeah. (laughs) I I was watching Mr. Bungle videos the other day. What can I say? (laughs) Mike Patton's a freak of genius. Here's the thing about that too, is that we, none of us that were there because we were in Grant Park, we had no idea what was going on in the rest of Chicago. We had no idea how massive it was. I'll bring my pictures up sometime. I, I right. was at, by Wrigley. I watched the buses go by, and we were about, what, 15, 20 deep. 
and, uh, you know, people hanging off light poles. And it was just such a, a beautiful scene of the humanity that all got together for that moment. And I believe that we are included in the whatever five kabillion people that showed up at that thing. But for you to be right down front, like, you know, I was in the back. I was way in the back. You know, I was, you know, Crawley's always in front. That's one thing you got to know about Crawley. <laughs> So, well, you know, an awesome memory I also had was last Saturday, Danny. You want to kind of clue in the audience about what happened last Saturday? Yeah. Uh, no, that was awesome. Uh, we were honored with an award uh, from the Lost Boys. And, you know, Michael, you were there. I was there. Levante gave his end of the year kind of assessment of what had gone on with the Lost Boys during this crazy uh, COVID year. And I, 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 don't, I was... I get, frankly, I, that was unexpected. You know, I, I felt like I was in a, a meeting and like, I'm not like a meeting kind of guy, you know, like I don't know my, my meetings. I, I it, show up with you guys and we talk bullshit about the guns. Right. No, Danny, it was a meeting that it was a every meeting. year, every year, uh, nonprofit boards have to have a meeting like that. Yeah. We just happen to be a part of their meeting. It was, well, thank God I'm not, I'm not in a not-for-profit. I'd have to learn how to use <laughs> uh, use Zoom better. I but, know uh, it was. Yeah, check, I didn't realize what we were getting into, but it was really cool to be a part of the whole. It was deal. Yeah, here's a brunch brunch meeting, and here's some of the board from uh, the Lost Boys. Uh, a lot of people talked during this entire thing. These are supporters of the group. There's uh, Crawley, Michael. Are you on this picture? Yeah, uh, I'm the John Baker Day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I put anyway, up the John Baker day but, background. I, I thought Levante did a great job. Uh, we played a, a game. We had a trivia contest and Crawley, you were just about to win it. Dude. And then we ran out of time and Levante's like, no, I'm going to keep this to an hour. I said, it'd be an hour. We're not doing the last question. Crawley's like, no. <laughs> so, <because> Levante <laughs> said they got some good premium alcohol. If you win, I love trivia. I'm all jacked up. I'm, I'm going to beat them all. And so I'm like, I'm like just sitting there just answering questions. And all of a sudden he's like, yeah, you know, I don't want to take your time. I'm like, no, 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 finish the game. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but we got all this information at the meeting about uh, their fall ball, winter clinic, spring and summer program. And, uh, you know, we got a bunch of information about the growth in the youth that are involved in the programs. And they also like told us about all the people that are strategic partners, like, uh, uh, Rotoware was, by the way, on the show. Pitching Ninja. Pitching Ninja was on the show. They were they were both on the show. Yeah, we yeah. all split the award because we all basically did the same thing, and we all raised about like five or six grand for Lost Boys. We did it in our own way. They did it their own way. We had a we all had a T shirt. You know, we did a you know a, a try to do like an educational program, educate ourselves and everybody else, and also have fun doing it with John Baker. But you know. Levante really appreciated that. And he, it was so, what a beautiful thing that, you know, we were part of their fundraising season. And in a down year like COVID year, uh, you know, we were able to be there for them. And so I, I felt like I was so glad you guys were there and like that. And I, but I felt like I was sharing it with, you know, everybody that listens to this podcast the last eight years, the people on the ranchers page. And, you know, I felt like we all shared that award. And by the way, uh, Levante. Uh, oh, yeah. Because I mean, yeah. We're sharing the award of the ranchers because they're the ones that actually gave the money. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, you raised it. We put exactly. it out there for everybody. But yeah, the ranchers, it was their money 
that really helped keep this thing afloat this year. It's great. And, and I definitely want to shout out Bill Sugars because I know he used his birthday f- Facebook fundraiser to raise money for Lost Boys, and he gave a donation on the day of the uh, Zoom meeting, end of the year, you know, organizational meeting. And, you know, I mean it when I say, oh, and we made the big announcement on the Zoom call that the Sun Ranto Show and all of our Patreon supporters, all of our Patreon support, 10% is just going to go straight off of there, straight to Levante on a monthly basis. Just And so as we grow our support for our show, uh, and, you know, which is all of you guys, once again, uh, we will also be facilitating everything that Levante does. And, uh, you know, we just want to be a part of it and we want you to be a part of it. And we just think it's very important to have these beautiful relationships that grow us and grow our love of baseball and humanity. And, uh, fuck, man, we need it. So let's do this yeah. together. So, but thank you. And thank you, Levante. And uh, Levante asked for my address. So I got something coming in the mail and I, hopefully I'll be showing it to you on the next uh, show. Unless the joy has something to say about it, but that seems to be over now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's announcement. Number one, number two is, and I'll get, I'll get more details about this soon. I've got the polls up on the sun Ranto ranters page, but we're going to do a uh, caroling this year. And we're going to go Christmas caroling at some point, but we won't be caroling. We'll like socially distance and stand in front of Wrigley. We'll tape it all. We've got a bunch of Cubs Christmas carols. We're going to do something together out in the cold in the middle of December. So just kind of save the first two weeks of December, Fridays and Saturdays. We'll decide on a date once, uh, you know, things firm up and things uh, that we understand more like what the world might look like in, I don't know. A couple weeks, you know what I mean. We're just trying to get day by day. We're just trying to get through this shit, right? Just (laughs) we're the same as everybody. So, uh, but we will be doing uh, uh, Cubs Miss Carols, and we've got prizes for that. If you write Christmas parody songs and use any Christmas or Hanukkah song, any holiday song, and all anything about winter, uh, well, then uh, you know, write Cubs lyrics to it, make it funny. Uh, Everybody's gonna vote. Uh, or we'll just pick winners uh, because there will be obvious winners. And uh, you can win something like this from Matt Cameron's art. Ooh, I ordered The Earth Banks over the map or the uh, old Javi or the uh, Eddie Vedder over the city of Chicago. Uh, I might have to get an Eddie Vedder too. I got the Santo and I just got the banks. I'm debating about you got to No, you got to get it all. Like I'm, someday I'm going to have Matt on and we're going to show my whole Matt camera art collection. Cause I have originals. That's the thing about me. I'm not fucking around with any prints. Oh, okay. no, I'll take a, I'll take a signed limited print from Matt, but um, I mean, and not even signed by the player. I want it signed by Matt. Cause that's the freaking genius Hey, the players. You know, they're, they're going to be broken down at, at Stu's club 400 bar in like hey. 20 years. Tell me about the good old days and Matt Cameron will still be drawing. You know what I mean? I will, I will tell you this, that I met Matt at Cubs con. Cause I used to see him there every year. And uh, as you guys know, I always have my rolling cooler. I'm not going to pay $10 a beer at CubsCon. So I got my rolling cooler stuff with beers. And so I always just kind of sit there waiting for the doors open, always strike up a conversation with the folk around me. And Matt was one of those people. And he's like, yeah, I'm a tattoo artist. I'm like, oh, so you're, you're a really good artist. He's like, I'm okay. I'm like, well, dude, here, here's a Sharpie. I got tons of Sharpies. Take one. And so I have a cooler full of Cubs logos that are Matt Cameron originals. 
Hey everybody, just one more interruption because you're not a Patreon supporter. Although I'd love it if you were, all these annoying ads and little side things from me would be gone. Patreon.com slash Sunranto, you already know about all that. So, But what I'm here to tell you about is another way you can help out the Sunranto show, and that's by this holiday season, uh, if you're looking to buy a crap for your family... Uh, you can buy it through us. You go to sunranto.com slash shopping, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O dot com slash shopping. And uh, let's say you're shopping at Amazon. You click on our little Amazon guy there at sunranto.com slash shopping, and boom, you're at Amazon. Anything you buy, we get a little kickback from. Doesn't cost you an extra dime, all right? There's the MLB shop, the NFL shop, the NBA shop, the MLS sock, that's uh, shop, that's soccer, lids, NHL, Reebok, StubHub, sports memorabilia, beer of the month, wine of the month, Zazzle, which is customized, uh, you know, items for you and yours, um, uh, and vibrators and condoms even. All right. So there's all sorts of things. Oh, and Audible. Sign up for Audible through us. Try it today. I love Audible, actually. I do subscribe to Audible. I enjoy it very much. So, uh, yeah, help us out. Go to sunranto.com slash shopping. Use our links. We get a little bit of money. It's much appreciated, and uh, it all goes to tickets and beer, and you can rest assured that we will uh, definitely be buying tickets and beer next year after this uh, vaccine finally comes out. That, unfortunately, you cannot buy through sunranto.com slash shopping, which you could. So, uh, yeah, Amazon's the big one, uh, but it, it all works for us. So, especially at MLB, which we already know you kind of like. So, uh, yeah, uh, subscribe to us, patreon.com slash sunranto, sunranto.com slash shopping. Now back to the end of the Sunranto show. Till next week. Beauty. Dude. It's, that is that is freaking hot. He tagged your cooler. Oh, he totally tagged. It's awesome. Um, yeah, and I have to mention, I believe I'm going to look at my Sunranto Ranters calendar. I believe Matt Kimmer's birthday is tomorrow. So, oh. yeah. yeah. Well, uh, why don't you give his website a plug or where's he at? Uh, he's got an Etsy. Uh, and oh, if, go if to if yeah. At you, Matt made a thing yeah. is his uh, Twitter and all his infos there at Matt made a thing. TFC time. Yeah, baby. Uh, let's get it. Let's get it done. Um, all right. Who wants to go first? I've got a ton. I've got one. I got three. All right. Well, I en- I'll, I'll start then. <laughs> so I enjoyed uh, I was walking around Wrigley Field uh, the other day. It's been beautiful in Chicago. And I saw that uh, there is a shirt for sale that is over at uh, right across from Wrigley Field. And it is um, Craig Kimbrell at, basically in his uh, bird like uh, praying, praying mantis stand. Pterodactyl. And somehow they've made that into the A in the phrase game over on sale for $10 <laughs> right outside of Wrigley field. And um, it, I think it might be game over for Craig Kimbrell. Although <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, do you think I almost bought the shirt? I was like, e- either this is going to be ironic fun because it never worked out with Craig or the shirt will have relevance for a year. <laughs> You never know because I, I I bought the, we got wood shirt years ago for Kerry wood. 
And then Travis Wood came around and pitched, so maybe you'll get some extra use out of it. Yeah, so so maybe the, they'll hire another pitcher who bends over and does weird shit before he pitches. So Dan Bernstein is <laughs> Dan Bernstein uh, on Twitter. Uh, they were saying, did he said, "quote Did they just say they're calling Maryland the state Maryland?" "Quote No, they are calling Maryland." And John Greenberg from the Athletic said. Oh, yes, the water supply is indeed vast. <laughs> For those of you thinking about moving your business to the village of Bedford Park. Oh, and there is a new billboard right in the right field corner over by the Santo and Billy Williams statues that faces Wrigley Field over what's that uh, sporting goods store there? Not Sports World, but the other one. Uh, Wrigleyville Sports. Wrigleyville Sports. Right over Wrigleyville Sports, there's a giant black and gold, kind of like the Torco sign, uh, the old Torco when it was shiny. And it is an advertisement for the village of Bedford Park. Doesn't say anything about a water supply, but you know what it has on it? White Sox. Yep, a White Sox logo. And I'm like, what the crap is going so on? I was what so- a troll. I was I was so excited to get into this Pat, uh, t-shirt business with Pat Hughes. I got my Pat Hughes t-shirt on. And uh, get off the, the tape measure, long, long gone. gone. So my goal was, I was like, I really want a shirt that makes, that jokes about the village of Bedford Park. So I wanted to have a shirt that said four years, you know, something about call me. Dude, they'll do a deal with anybody. You couldn't but, get a deal but, with but, me with Bed, Bedford well, Park. No, they dropped Cubs. And so they didn't advertise on the Cubs anymore. So I was going to call them and get something done. And they're like, yeah, we don't really sponsor Cubs stuff anymore. And I'm like, you don't? Because this was before the season started. And, and now they dropped it. And so if you go to the – I've been to the Village of Bedford Park's website, and they sponsor, like, the Hawks and the and the Sox. And I, can't, I don't know if the Bulls, too. And so I was disappointed. That and Gold Coast. I was talking to the guy in advertising for Gold Coast Bank. So I wanted the shirt to say, fans won't strike out with Gold Coast Bank. But, like, I got so, like, you know, after MLB tried to sue me and shit, I'm just like, I'm like, okay, I don't want to get in any trouble, so I'll, I'll, I'll you call. You know this is live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck MLB. But, um, you know, I just, I just thought that, uh, you know, I thought I would ask them first. And same thing. They're like, yeah, we're not advertising on the Cubs well, I got it. I got yeah, a new million-dollar idea. I think right. it's because Pat took 70%. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, got a, I got a new million-dollar idea where we take 70%. We go down to Village of Bedford Park with some uh, plastic bottles. We fill up some bottles in uh, any random sinks, wherever we could find some sinks. And uh, then, we, you know, then we bring the water back to the north side, put labels on it. Village of Bedford Park, water supply water. We sell that thing right outside of Wrigley Field. Bedford Park doesn't even know what's going on. They're going to have to sue us. They'd be like, oh, what, we mean a different Bedford Park, uh, one in uh, France. And uh, well, No, like, we spell uh, Bedford uh, F-E-R-D. Yeah, Bedford. We just call it Bedford. Bedford, B-E-F-F-O-R-D. No, we made this park up. It's right in front of Bleacher Jeff's house. It's called Bedford Park. Michael, you got a TFC? I do. Things are jumping around here. All right. These are old because uh, I had some TFCs from way back when we were really doing them. So this was, uh, they were interviewing, uh, they were interviewing Adam Wade, on the baseball game on the, in the playoffs. And he said, I had to battle half my team thinking the earth is flat this year. And they think we've never been to the moon and all kinds of crazy stuff. 
I've got a bunch of flat earthers. Paul DeJong, the smartest guy in the team, is a flat earther, right? So he says that. And then uh, Justin L. Cousin says, Paul Goldschmidt told me the arch is flat. <laughs> and I just thought that was a great response. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, yeah. It's true, though. I mean, Adam Wainwright, you know, it doesn't – I don't think he's got a contract right now. I think he might go somewhere this year, too. I mean, he's like, I got to get out of St. Louis. I got all these flat earthers, these kids around me. They've been watching QAnon. Got to yeah. get out of here. St. Louis is great. The arch is flat. Paul Goldschmidt, he spent too much time in Arizona. All right, uh, I've got another one. Uh, remember when we used to do Koji says to end the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Koji oh, Uihara. So Koji's a great follow on Twitter, at Team Uihara. And, uh, of course, he was a, a brief reliever with the Cubs. What was that one or two years, something like that? Maybe mm-hmm. just one. Came from the Red Sox. Anyway, he tweets out a picture of him holding a uh, Japanese premium malt beer and it's just called the premium malts and then some japanese writing and uh he writes i don't have sunday sports so i'm already drinking and i did the time on this dude it was like just noon which is fine (laughs) but i was like dude you do you remember how his career ended knee gout Well, guess how? He's freaking drinking Japanese malt beer at noon. That's how you get gout. Oh, see, but you didn't finish that. You didn't finish that tweet. I thought you were going to mention that he says, it's easy to swallow. Oh, it's easy to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Number two. <laughs> I did not catch the hilarity in that swallow joke. So, I'm, for those I'm slipping, that, Michael. Obviously, it's been a political crazy time. And earlier... Uh, Donald Trump thought he could start declaring victories over states that weren't decided. And so our friend at Decibio.com says, still mad that Dusty didn't declare victory when the Cubs got the first out in the eighth inning in game six. Tweet yeah. of the day. That was great. Just, yeah, just, I, we won. I saw a, uh, I, I follow a Rockies uh, Twitter account and they said next year, we, as soon as the Rockies take the lead, we're just going to call the game. <laughs> I've got a, uh, a a marquee network joke Ooh. here, and uh, the marquee network uh, tweeted out, and it was brought to the attention by a friend of mine that uh, they said, uh, you know, they were tweeting out old video of Game 7 of the World Series, which the anniversary was of this week. It says, remember when at Ben Zobrist 18 brought in the winning run? And, well, of course, the problem with that is, um, and showing that highlight, Though exciting is that actually Miguel Montero was the man who brought in the winning run in the World Series. So Marquis can't even get there. Shit we right. will I, we will die on that hill. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the the flexing cube is uh, me to be like fuck you, Marquis Network. That was wrong. Uh, and I'll go twice in a row. Uh, Jared Carabas or Carabas 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 free Carabas Carabas. I believe he writes about the right, the Red Sox. Anyway, he says uh, this is on last night when the MLB was releasing their Gold Glove Awards at the exact same time as the rest of America, including you and I, were uh, watching uh, the election results. So he says, MLB, we have a real problem marketing our game. 
executive. Well, how do we fix it? MLB, we can start by announcing the Gold Glove Awards during the most important presidential election of this generation. Executive, I love it. Let's do it. And that's how things happen. I only have one problem with that. Um, Executive should read Rob Manfred. (laughs) Instead of executive, it's Rob Manfred. We know that. One more election day one from me. Donald Trump says, what is this all about? Frankie Perino says, me, every time Joe Madden would hit Albert Almora, Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Do I have another one? Oh, yeah. This is uh, all of Cubs fandom who voted for this. 750 votes. That's a lot. Uh, there, there are uh, entire districts of our country that didn't get, that didn't have 750 people vote in them. Um, and I asked everybody, would you trade the Cubs not winning the World Series for Trump never being president? And 51 percent of Cub fans, and I'm proud of you because that was an amazing year, 2016, said no. So it is, it is as divided as our nation. Uh, I guess no is Biden. So honestly, guys, I, um, I, our friend Joe Killian, um, stand-up comedian, he had Roy Wood on his podcast the other day. Kill Gallon. Yeah, Kill Gallon. You missed missed the whole middle of his name. (laughs) Joe Killian. Joe Klingon. I'm doing it the Harry, I'm doing it the Harry Carey style. (laughs) I like to do it Harry Carey style, all right? Um, but he had Roy Wood on his podcast the other day and, um, Roy Wood in 2017, I want to say it was the NLCS. He was out there for the Daily Show in a bathrobe. His Cubs, he had a Cubs bathrobe and all that stuff. And he was, we did this hilarious thing, and it went on the Daily Show. And somehow, my shit ended up on the cutting room floor. I said, Joe, you got to, you got to talk to Roy, see if you can find it. So I hope they find the interview. But he asked me those questions. He asked me questions like, "Would you give up sex for a year?" Uh, you know, to, 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 and not, and, but the, God, he asked all these hilarious questions about the Cubs and winning the world series. So you could either have this option or that option. So it's on there on the daily show of Roy Wood Jr. Outside Wrigley Field asking these type of questions that you had up there. But uh, if I could ever find that, I would love to see that. Shit you know, really and the good. cutting room floor these days is basically just a hard drive in right. a closet. <laughs> right. That, that's what I'm hoping for, man. I'm hoping for it. You're like, I'm looking for that hard drive. Somebody's got to have those ones and zeros somewhere. <laughs> it's got to be on a server. Um, I, I think that might. Are we out of TFCs? We might be. Oh, I, I think I got one more. And it's just. You know, I I I want to just tell uh, Todd Ricketts that you know you have failed again. Todd, I, I tweeted this out today. Todd Ricketts has failed again. He will never live up to his brothers and sister. He couldn't even sell hot dogs at Wrigley. What a disappointment for his father. And uh, sorry to end on a downer note, but I couldn't be happier. And I'm going to cube out for just a moment that Todd Ricketts and, and there are repercussions to this, because if we you remember his episode, we watched it in the offseason where he never felt like he could live up to his governor brother and his, you know, his big brother. Remember Todd Ricketts complaining that his uh, his kids didn't know that he was the owner at the rich kids school that they go to. Like Todd Ricketts has always felt like second fiddle. Well, guess what? You've got to be fundraiser for Trump and you lose. And pot, your dad is going to be so disappointed. So the cube is me. Fuck you, Todd Ricketts. You are not an owner of the Cubs. I do not recognize you as an owner of the Cubs. 
I can't wait uh, till your family disowns you and uh, you end up just like opening uh, up uh, some sleazy clubs in Miami with Donald Trump Jr. and Eric, who uh, just does cocaine all day. So whatever, <laughs> like that is your future. Fuck you, Todd. If, and, and fuck the Cubs. And I and oh, I did have one more TFC. <laughs> no, but I'm going to save it. Because, and also, like, I don't know, I, Crawley, you might have seen it. Now, I, I didn't upload it, so I'm going to save it because there is a very prominent Cubs artist who over the most recent days has totally disavowed doing anything for the Cubs ever again. Yeah. Uh, John, John, John Hanley. Yeah. And, and I didn't upload his thing, but, uh, you know, if you follow him, I, maybe just look him up if you want to see what he said about it. Um, you know, he's made a, d- a decision. He's drawn a line in the sand. I think a lot of Cub fans have faced that. And that's why I say I'm kind of the kind of person that would rather stick around with my other Cub fan friends and try to affect things from here on out. You know, it, not that I can affect billionaires. I can't, but I can control some sort of narrative with everybody's help. And, uh, you know, I so I want to say fuck Todd Ricketts. I want to be on that side of Cubs fandom. And if that makes them sell the team or whatever, and you know, it all crashes and burns, like whatever I'm thick, I'm through thick and thin with the team. And I don't think Todd Ricketts is Todd Ricketts is just like, we're a toy to him. So I want to just kind of point that out. So you failed Todd to go do, go open a freaking fake casino nightclub in Florida, do cocaine with Eric Trump. I don't give a fuck. Bye. I'll take Tom. He's fine. I'll take Laura. She's awesome. Fuck Pete Ricketts. Keep his bald ass like fucking West of here and everything will be okay. Just spend some money on some players and we won't have a problem. That's what I'm saying as a Cubs fan. And on that note. <laughs> what? what you No follow-up? <laughs> no, I, mean, I, 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 think you, I think you hit it, man. I mean, I think, yeah, I think you hit it and I think we're in good shape. So uh, how about uh, Rob Manfred hates baseball <laughs> because that just seemed, I couldn't decide. I, I uploaded at last because we won the World Series. <laughs> but I think the way I'm feeling right now is a little uh, a, a yeah, Manfredy. I, th- I think the gold glove issue deserves it. That was fucking dumb. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Spagog. 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 Manfred likes opening days in winter Likes baseball games that don't go on too long Rob Manfred likes more offense from the hitter Likes juicing up the ball and hitting dogs Intentional walks with just a finger And old umpires who are always blowing calls Likes the National League Sending the ball, dragging forward stitches And half the team's making the playoffs Rob Manfred likes pitchers who face three batters And not paying minor leaguers at all Like the catch don't block the plate But one thing Manfred hates Rob Manfred hates baseball
Houston Astros team. He likes how ticket prices keep the fans out. And Xing teams out of the minor leagues. Rob Manfred's gonna bring us world out of fires. To tell CB Buckner that he's been wrong. He likes putting money in the bank. But one thing Manfred hates, Rob Manfred hates baseball. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.